it's time to go back to work. There's a lot to do. We have things to make, stuff to build, cargo to ship, customers to serve. So grab a five-hour energy and get ready. For 16 years, through good times and bad, 5-Hour Energy has been there helping hard-working people get stuff done. It's time to go back to work. Let's roll up our sleeves and get going. For more information and to order online, visit 5hourenergy.com. At JCPenney, we know you miss us, and we miss you. So, what if we said we had a store that's open all day, every day? We do. It's jcp.com or the JCPenney app. Need a swimsuit? We've got them. Something new and cute for summer? Look no further. Exclusive JCPenney brands plus your favorite national brands? Yes and yes. Check our site for the latest coupons. And when you spend $49 or more, standard shipping is free. JCPenney. Exclusions apply. See jcp.com for details. Dave Stevens, David Sterling, I'm Tony Pervenanzi. We're here today from, guys, I've never been to this bar before, this this brewery that we're at. I've, Sterling, been, here, can, I've been here at least once. Well, before. I've been here once before, but it looks different now. Oh, There's, I love it. They're a little yeah. different. Um, Sterling, you want to explain uh, where we're at right now? Um, we're at, I don't know, uh, Sterling's, I guess. Sterling's place? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so David has a little bar down in this basement. Actually, it's a fantastic yeah, bar. I don't know if you could call it a little, little bar. No, it's. No. I have a little bar at my house. This is a this is a big bar. Uh, he's got the uh, the kegerator. He's got the tap. Uh, he's got uh, glasses. Everybody. He's got the liquor. He's got wine. Everything you want in a bar. Pretty uh, much. There's a little bourbon here too. I'd say. Yeah, just a little a bourbon. Just a little. Yeah, bit. I could maybe make. You know, maybe eighty percent of drinks that you could think of. Nice, maybe. maybe. Yeah, it might be a little oh. much, but I mean, hats off to you, sir. This is a uh, this is a place, I tell you. So we're here today because, well, we didn't want to do one at like a brewery because we're going to actually be doing one at a brewery in a week. So we wanted to give uh, David a little time off from doing a lot of editing. But we felt we needed to do a podcast this week because there's been some games. and Yeah, and we would have had like five games to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, last podcast, you guys were in Madison. I, I do want to say uh, you guys did a great job. Uh, and uh, I listened to it. It was awesome. I felt bad that I couldn't be there. Just a little um, background for you guys why I couldn't be there. Uh, first and foremost, you guys brought on the podcast. My wife did break three of her toes Stepping off a curb after the New Kids on the Block concert. Um, so she was in a boot. Um, so that was a couple weeks ago. And then that same week, my oldest daughter, Lauren, who's 11, I had to take her to the emergency room uh, to find out that she had kidney stones. Now, how an 11-year-old has kidney stones, we don't know yet. Right. Um, so my weekend was pretty much shot. Uh, she stayed overnight in the hospital, and then we had to go back on Monday, and they put stents in, and now they're putting a laser they're going to do a laser surgery tomorrow to get rid of this dang thing. So the only cool thing was, so her doctor, when they came out and were talking about the laser, 
she did the um, the uh, Austin Powers. We have to find a laser thing. Nice. I started laughing, and my wife's like, "What are you talking about? Austin Powers? That's hilarious! <laughs> I love this doctor. This is great." Um, so, and to top it all off, the weekend after Lauren had her, her um, kidney stones, my youngest daughter Nora ended up with uh, some sort of virus. So oh, it was a bad uh, run in the house. Yeah, I, like we brought up, it was a yeah. rough, I guess, more than a week for the Pervenanzi house, yeah, to say was, the least. It was but. tough. It was tough. Um, I, I felt bad about missing it, uh, missing the uh, podcast, but you guys did a great job. I mean, I get, you guys, life happens. I don't right. know. I mean, this just came out of the blue. It was weird, you know. Well, we we thought about canceling the podcast. We didn't think we'd get through it without you. But uh, oh, come on, you guys yeah. got through it just fine. You guys had a good time out there, and your little your little. Excursion. I mean, you know, we got through it because we had so much support. There was, yeah. a, I mean, we had a lot to talk about. We had yeah. what six, seven guests. Uh, yeah, at yeah, any given it was time, crazy. Which managing that was well. Think if I had been there, the the flock, Jeez. right? The flock, they they were unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, Connor. Give a shout, Connor and Ann from the Flock, who yep. joined us two weeks ago. They were great. A lot, a lot. It was just nice to hear what they had to say. Yeah, yep. I, I like I said, I wish I could have been there. I know you guys had a good time, but uh, I'm back now, um, so we're back to full strength once again. Right, and our numbers will <laughs> do one of two things: either fall or climb. Well, I'd hope they'd climb. <laughs> well, they're definitely going to climb. I think people are really curious about you know Sterling's bar and uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think my, I, maybe I'll add a couple pictures so they can see it. You should add it up there. Um, and we also, I'm going to point out, have a tiny bit of zombie talk. We do later in the episode. Okay, it All has right. to do with this bar. Okay, with this bar. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Um, we should say what we're drinking because we're at uh, Sterling's bar, and uh, of course we brought our own beers. Uh, Sterling, I you got one of the ones that I brought. Yeah, so I got the bent paddle trampled American golden ale. It was a collaboration with Trampled by Turtles. Great band. Yes, they are. Um, this is really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I mean it's a golden ale. Yeah, can't it's get those wrong. Nothing spectacular, but it's mm. it's just good. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say about it. It's cool they did a collaboration with Trampled by Turtles. Yeah. I think they're a Duluth band, I believe. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So that's why they did it. So yeah. that's cool. Uh, Stevens, what you got? Yeah, okay. So I've got something I've never tried before. It's um, And thanks to David Sterling for this. I'm trying uh, the slow motion car wash from, a- is it Abel's Seed House? Again, I, yeah, I don't yes. think, I, I've, I haven't had any of their beers. And actually, so this is my first. And. So this the the slow motion car wash. It, they basically they simply call it a fruit ale, but it's uh, made with l- lactose, uh, blueberries, boysenberries, peaches, cherries, and raspberries. So I this is what I'd ask you guys: Is this something similar to like you guys like those milkshake IPAs? And how would this compare to it, that? It's a little bit like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And with that rice background, which I noticed they don't say that on. There. Oh yeah, and I, that's why I was just kind of reading um, the label. There's a. It's a interesting. Flavor, yeah, you, interesting and you, texture. You said rice because, and when as soon as you said that, I said, "Oh, I'm going to try that." I used to like Budweiser, which mm, is brewed which with rice. Disturbing, that but you even mentioned that I don't drink. <laughs> I don't drink Budweiser these days, but it's just when you said that, that's what kind of piqued my interest. Yeah. So yeah, I, I actually enjoy it, and it does remind me of those milkshake IPAs, yeah. which yeah. are fantastic. Yeah, I, I wasn't particularly um, excited about that beer when I tried it last last week, but it's it's not bad. Oh, yeah. And speaking of which, I'm not going to give a plug per se, but I was actually in Eau Claire last night, and the venue, I was there for a wedding. The venue, 
there was across the street from the venue was actually a brewery, and it was called uh, Project or Project Brewing or Oh yeah, Project I've heard brewery. of that. It yeah. was it was fairly new actually, and uh, they had a couple milkshake IPAs on their menu, so nice. I actually tried both good. of them there. And that That'd be good. interesting to go to Eau Claire. There's some Loons fans in Eau Claire. Mm-hmm. I, I have no doubt, and and like that's why like we 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 do this podcast from different breweries, but say pick a town in the midwest probably in america and mm-hmm. the same thing that's happening here with these breweries popping up yeah. is happening everywhere and obviously it was clear in eau claire too i mean places were brand new it was beautiful yeah. space i think we had to hit duluth first though yeah then it would be nice to Duluth. Yeah. um i'm drinking i already drank the uh ford madison uh cherry Kolsch. you guys brought back from one barrel for me so thank you that was that was delicious yep. um but i'm now drinking the surly uh stunner tropical ale and this is pretty much it's an ale that's got some tropical mango flavoring to it. Um, it's another surly um, one-off for the summer type of thing. You know, yeah. surly does this. Surly has a lot of different beers going on now. I don't, I can't even keep track of what the heck's happening. But um, they got the Stunner. They've got another one. Uh, what is it called? I just had it. Stargazer or something like that. And they've got another. They've got. And then they got it. They've got a. Um, a Mexican one now, oh, like a, a, a traditional Mexican style. Well, beer no, it's 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 a collaboration with somebody else, and it's a Mexican one, and it's it's uh, aged in tequila bottles or tequila barrels. Barrels. Well, yeah. Let me ask you this: When was the last time you actually went into the Surly Tap Room? I haven't been there for a long time. I was there, I think, about two months ago uh, mm-hmm. with a kind of a work happy hour, and I, I, you know, I've been to that tap room maybe a total of four or five times and mm-hmm. but it had been a little while since i'd been there last and the thing i want to bring up is the number of beers yeah. that they have available on tap in that mm-hmm. tap room is just unbelievable stuff yeah. that i didn't even recognize you, i know you you probably would but. i no, I, i'm telling you right now they've got so many so much stuff coming out every other week that i can't even They're, i can't even you know they can't keep track of it since they moved into that new space over there uh not far from tcf bank they've they've expanded and yeah so they yeah. have their capacity is just i can't give you exact numbers but it's grown significantly and what you know the last time i was there what was that home opener Oh. 2017. Oh, wow. Okay. That is the last time I was there. You guys did the march, didn't so you? So I don't... Yeah. I, at that point, they had not expanded, or at least they hadn't finished the expansion, I don't believe. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's grown big time. So, yeah. So we're, we're still drinking beers, even though we're not at our brewery. So we have two games to talk about, guys. Uh, the first game we should get to is the Open Cup match versus Houston. Yeah. Now, before this game even started... I said, A, there's not going to be anybody there. Right. Because Houston doesn't get fans to those games. And you have been correct. And it's a U.S. Open Cup, so they don't give a shit. Right. But And it's going to be super hot. Yes. So right. I was going to say, I was going to bring that up. The, the 12th man certainly showed up in full force <laughs> yeah. in yeah. Houston, but it wasn't the, it it wasn't was the, the crowd. It was the heat. And that's, and that's, yeah. we've, we played games in Houston before, and every game we played in Houston, it's been super hot, and we've done, we, we sucked. Right. We have not looked good. I've got, I've, in my notes, I actually specifically wrote down the temperature at kickoff. It was 94 degrees and partly cloudy. Unfortunately, I don't have the humidity numbers, oh, but yeah. I can only imagine they were sky high I, I could well. have sworn they said that the heat index was over 100. Okay, oh, yeah. so that would yeah. mean yeah. very hot, very humid. Just kind of a miserable midweek game. It's not a game. Yeah. You can understand, like, that. I re, we brought it up last year. I'm like, why 
are why is it so hard to travel in MLS? Why is the road versus home splits? Why are they so different? And this is I think this is a perfect example of that. Who wants to go down midweek, play a game in ninety five degrees, heat index of over a hundred? It's just yeah. does, it doesn't even sound fun. It's terrible. You know, it's not a league game, even though we've talked about it before. I, I think they are and should place importance on the US right. Open mm-hmm. Cup. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, what was worse is it was a Tuesday. Yep. Yeah. So you have a weird. It, yeah. It was, you know, it's just it's just a weird. I don't know. Wednesdays for MLS are pretty normal. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it's a Tuesday to me, I bet that maybe just yeah. hit some people weird. So again, nobody there. We, uh, Dylan Whoppers was there. Dylan. It was It was a Dylan Whoppers. Uh, what they got? Derby. Dylan Whoppers Derby. Derby. Yeah. yeah. And it, you know that's one of those things. MLS has been really big about foreseen rivalries. Yes. And I actually find this one to be kind of humorous. This one's and funny. I kind of like it. I like it too. It, you know, it's. And if anybody doesn't know the story, it was last year the, the uh, feed froze on Happy Birthday Dylan Wolpers when it wasn't even supposed to be on the feed to begin with. No, it wasn't. Somehow it got mixed up with mixed the infield or in yep. stadium screen. Yep. Yeah, and to be and fair, this is pre-ESPN Plus, you know, yes. streaming all the broadcasts. This mm-hmm. was you have to go on the internet and open a link mm-hmm. and stream the exactly. broadcast. Yeah. It was a and lot so of course everyone was like, Who the hell is Dylan Wolpers? And it took off from there and now the both teams, both fan bases have gotten into it. And I actually kinda think it's it's kind of cool. I mean, it's... And the guy's yeah. cool. And the, the thing is, like, let's say Dylan Whoppers was an, an asshole and yeah. didn't want to deal with this, right? He's like, ah, this is this is stupid. I don't want to deal with this crap and blah, blah, blah. It'd be a different story. This guy, like, takes it all. In, him and his girlfriend take it in stride. They're like, oh, we got yeah. birthday cakes. I mean, he's at the stadium getting jerseys and stuff. It's like, dude, run with it, man. Yeah, he ended up uh, getting, was it Jan's jersey, I yeah. think? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I think it's a really cool... Yeah. Just organic... Odd mm-hmm. thing, um, and it's nice that they're in our conference, so we play them at least twice a year. Mm-hmm. You know, with how the U.S. Open Cup does their regional stuff, it's probably there's a chance at a third time in a yeah. season. So, um, yeah, it, it's just kind of a odd sort of gimmick thing that happened naturally, and of course, it happened on his birthday this year. It did, which yeah. was he had birthday cake, he had, even better. Yeah, so. But we go to the Dylan Whoppers Derby, and we think um, we're probably going to lose this game. Well, yeah, I right? mean, I don't know. Here's here's, I mean, here's how I look at it. I mean, I think they their starting eleven Minnesota's that is yeah. was was pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did what we could. Yeah. We did what we could. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because we were still dealing with some of the international call ups yeah. and some injuries, mm-hmm. and then going into the game, you know, let's talk maybe about an hour before game time. You look at Houston's lineup. And I think Jamie Watson called it experimental at best because they're dealing with some of the same issues that we yep. were. Mm-hmm. Injuries, international call-ups, everything. But going into the game and you looked at the two starting 11s, you'd have to give the edge to Minnesota in that regard. Now, of course, we're on the road. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that. Um, but However, it's a way. There's history. There's history, history. there. There's history. Yep. There. History with in Houston, crappy weather. Yeah. Of course, it wasn't raining like last year, but... yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I would say I was not remotely confident it with a good loss. Reminds me, and Steve, you'll know about this. It reminds me of the Twins at Yankee Stadium. It's like you never beat. We can never, even if we have a better team than the Yankees. It seems like we never no. win at Yankee Stadium. And, it, and, and it's yep. and it's not just Minnesota. I mean, like you know, talking about MLS league play. I mean, Houston 
up to that or I up to that point and still are I believe uh, they they were undefeated at home yeah. in MLS play and I mean overall that side was tremendously strong going into that game they had you know in 13 games they had played overall at that point they allowed 14 goals it's not so, the 12th man I'll tell you that much no right no and you know I mean I, and and you know one yeah. point about our lineup is I just I have this in my notes and Andrew uh, it would be at A N D L O V G on Twitter, he brought up the fact that this ends a streak, a four-game streak of Colin Martin starting in the U.S. Open matches. And I just bring right. that up because, like I said, I think they, the the United or Minnesota United, put a pretty good starting eleven on the field. Well, I think they wanted to. We talked about this before going into the Open. Was they wanted to do well in the Open to kind of turn their season around a little bit because we were kind of in a funk. Right, and we were three they, three straight losses in league play. Yeah, and yeah. we needed this. So when we go into this game, I, and the game starts off not well, New. I mean, I'm going, well, it, deja vu all over again. I mean, this, right. this is it, you know? Yeah, and, it, you know, it continued not well. Yes, it did. I mean, we went down 2-0 yep. at going into the half. Yep. Yeah, and it was- it, honestly, the thing is about that game is I felt like it was individual mistakes mm-hmm. that that led to goals you know i mean we had uh gasper was in and um uh dotson was in and i thought both of them played okay Mm -hmm. but it was just overall individual mistakes kind of led to each yes thing just falling apart each goal i think eric miller if we're talking about individuals here eric miller had an early a very early he was actually bailed out, I think, by Gasper on the other side of goal, mm. but he it was right before their first, and it, yeah, just it wasn't pretty that first. Well, I mean, we the, the Houston scored, I think, in the ninth minute or just just before that, actually, and uh, yeah, it was it was an early early. We we always talk about the first ten minutes of a game. Well, it didn't go the right. Lions' way at all. Yeah, but as completely unlunesque. Yes. As it could be. <laughs> we won the game. We did. Which means we had to come back and not only come back, but take the lead. Yes. From two goals down. What happened in the locker room at halftime? Something happened. Right. Uh, and, boy. you know, there, there's been a big thing ever since 2017 about how people don't believe Adrian Heath is a, is a motivator. And I, I would tend to maybe agree with that but yes something had to happen in that locker room because they, i don't know that i've ever seen us come from no, two no, goals down no, they, on the I mean, road and win i i mean yeah being down two nothing on the road is is it's a deep hole to come yeah. out of but i mean yeah. i think they showed a few signs of life before halftime but i mean it was really they came out i mean they made a change you had a, a bar coming in for eric miller yeah, right um yeah. that was you know and why not? Again, you're trying to win this game. What do, what do you have to lose? But exactly. Think about coming back from two nil at the half in Houston in the heat. You played 45 minutes. You're 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 drained emotionally, right. physically. What did happen at halftime? I mean, did 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 they have like pills they took or what? I don't know. Right. You know. I mean, honestly, I, I don't want to. Not that Miguel Barr listens to us, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to give Miguel Ibarra a big head, but honestly, his fresh legs alone mm-hmm. may have 
been enough to yeah. turn yeah. the tide. And obviously, he's. I think he's a uh, rather creative player for us. He he's got he's got good speed. He can he can cut in very well. Um, he's obviously been a game changer for us ever since mm-hmm. he's played. You know, started playing for us years ago. So I think there's that. But then simply having a complete change of pace from mm-hmm. Eric Miller. Yes, on the left. I I think that has a lot to do with why we suddenly turned it around. I really do. So Darwin comes out after the half, and he's like a new person. And I think that has a lot to do with yeah. Miguel Ibarra too. Yeah, he's like yeah. he's 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 he gets a, he gets his goal in the sixty sixth minute, mm-hmm. and then we're going oh wait. Maybe we can do something and, here. And, you know? and actually, you, yeah. you, you said he scored in the 61st minute. I mean, just looking back at my notes of the game and just what I remember from the game is thinking through after the first 15 minutes, up until the 60-minute mark in the second half, you're thinking, I was thinking, I should say, wow, this is unbelievable. There was save after save mm-hmm. after save by uh, Houston's goalkeeper, Michael yes. Nelson, who is actually their third choice. He's yeah. he's like their backup to their backup. Yeah. Like he had an amazing game. Up until mm-hmm. cuz that's I was thinking at the 60 minute mark shortly before they scored. He, he had made tre- at least three tremendous saves mm-hmm. early in the second half. And so in my mind I'm thinking, "Oh great, you know, they're they're going to come out they're, they're Minnesota's playing better, but they aren't they they aren't going to have anything to show for it." Yeah, and he ended with six saves. Yeah. He, he had an outstanding pretty- performance and but Tony, you you said it though. That well, I think once Darwin scored, it just the floodgates just opened. Yeah, yeah. once Darwin scored, I think everybody on the team thought we we have a chance here. I, we can, we can do this. I mean, this isn't. I mean, we, we we scored a goal. It's only one goal down. We're in this game now. And then all of a sudden, like it was like a switch. Like bang, they started playing better. They started looking yep. uh, cleaner, like crisper type of passes going on and. More it, chances. It was it was nuts. And our our possession, uh, we were losing the possession battle in the first half. Mm-hmm. It switched over, which yep. you know I've talked about numerous signs about how we're not very good when we control possession. Wow, we suck. Um, but we not only controlled it, we actually did something with it. Mm-hmm. Well, which is usually what happens when we control possession. Mm-hmm. We don't do something with exactly. It. Yep. It, and and the final numbers, and I've checked this on MLS. I've checked it on a couple of sources. Uh, the, the final possession ended up fifty six percent in favor for Minnesota. Yep. And I, right. in my mind, I it felt to me. I question marked that twice because I was. It felt higher to me. But yeah, coming out of that possession, the shots favored Minnesota twenty one to twelve. Yeah. Shots on target nine to four. Um, passing accuracy was better. I mean, statistically, yeah. up and down the board, it was. And, it, you know, I think it had a lot to do with the fact that we had so little possession in the first half mm-hmm. that in the second half we played so much better that it just really flipped everything. Was it, was it rope-a-dope? You let them just possess in the first half and then they get tired from possessing the first half and you come out in the second half and you just start... I mean, yeah. it's possible. He, that would be tactically genius. Did he quote Muhammad Ali during halftime? Say rope a dope, rope a dope. I I don't know because that's I pretty mean, much. Maybe, I mean, that's pretty much what, it, that's what it feels like yeah. to me. Yeah, they wore themselves out in the first half, and then we came out and said, "Now we're going to take it." Yeah, right. they they yeah. kept going like uh, the the you brought up the Darwin's first goal. He yeah. had a brace in the eighty mm-hmm. second yep. minute. Do you yep. remember that goal? That was just yeah. a beauty mm-hmm. from long range, 20, mm-hmm. 30 yards out, maybe. Yeah, I, I would think it, it was. 
I would think it would be 30, yeah. Yeah. Um, but when we talk about last night's game, we'll talk about a player who got an even longer goal than that one. Yeah, so. and we should bring up someone from last night's game who got a goal, also got a goal yes. to finish off. The game the winner. winner. The game that winner. Was a, Mason Toy. So, Toy, who did Toy come in for? Was that for Angelo? Yes. Yes, okay. So, Toy comes in for Angelo, which changes the dynamics a lot. It was the oh, se- yeah. 74th minute. So I mean, Toy's... We, Toy's streaky. He's he's yes, faster. Faster. Um, he's not a hold up. Angel's a hold up guy. Right. We it know changes that. the complete dynamic. Complains him. Yeah. So and we saw that on that last goal. You know, he got in there. He, I think it was a, was he streaking in? It was pass kind of in. I, I'm going to be honest. I can't remember. I think it was. I think it was. It, he was streaking so, in. No, I know what you're thinking. It was actually Ethan Finley had a great run okay. down the right side. Ethan Finley came. Okay. Screaming down, he had a beautiful run. Mm-hmm. Finley crossed it over to Toy, who was, was kind of short range short, in front okay. of the goal, gotcha, kind of gotcha. diving at the gotcha, diving gotcha. with his foot. Gotcha. So really, credit to Ethan Finley on that assist. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he made it easy for Toy, but actually, both Toy was in the perfect spot. Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, I give all the credit to that. You know, of course, Toy for knocking it in, but it was Finley down the right. But just made a tremendous run. My my point is, if that's Angelo there, he's not. He's oh, not no, that no. type of guy. Well, no. We saw a little. We saw a little of that he's, maybe he, in the in the Kansas City in the previous Open Cup match. Yeah. Kansas City, we saw a little Angelo Rodriguez speed there and making right. runs a little bit. So. But he's not, not that. Type he's not of guy. Mason Toy, and it, you know, and that disappeared last night. Yeah, and we saw what Angelo really is. I, I still yeah. the Kansas City game. I'm I'm fairly certain he had to be on speed. He, he I, I don't know been. what else that, it was. And, and that was you said it was a Tuesday game and. And it was, and that's I think a comment that I made or before you know before, before or just as he scored that goal was the fact that we were in Madison watching uh, Ford Madison play FC Tucson that Saturday night, and we saw Mason Toy being right. subbed in in the second half of that game. And what I said, seventy two hours later, three days later, yeah. here he is subbing on late for Minnesota United and scoring the game winner. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it was, and it, you know we can talk about that in a little bit or in the second half about how he hasn't performed for Madison. Yeah. So the fact that all of a sudden he gets himself a goal and he looks really good doing it, I think I think Madison's kind of wishing that. And we'll talk about the friendly too, which they probably hated quite a bit. Sure. sure. Um, with dealing with Toy. Um, but yeah, you know, that was that was a U.S. Open Cup game that I wanted to see from this team. Because obviously last year everyone knows um, we didn't score any goals last year in the no. U.S. Open Cup, yet no. we still won a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we had we had a, a, a very good game against a suddenly poor team in Kansas City. So to have a team that, like Houston, that's, you know, they're a pretty solid team, especially at home. Yes. Um, and having a 12th man that isn't a bunch of noisy, raucous fans, it's just climate. Um, and then coming down from two goals, and coming down from two goals, That's maybe the biggest. Part this of is it. this was such an incredible game to be able to watch, mm-hmm. um, and I think the the great thing about that is as it's leaded in to the friendly in Madison, mm-hmm. which I mean I don't want to belittle Madison, but let's face it, that should have been a win. Yeah, yeah, and then it's. It led into the game that we're going to talk about very soon. Yeah. Um, it's it's good to see that there's something being generated by this mm-hmm. team suddenly. I, and I mean, even 
maybe the Colorado Rapids game was a blip. Mm-hmm. Where because even in the Philly loss, we we played maybe one of our best games we've had in my opinion in the season. Yeah, we still lost because of individual mistakes, but we're seeing something build here into the into the window, which we'll very briefly talk about at the second half, and it it's. Maybe there's a snowball effect here. Maybe. Does the Houston game define our season? Remember your define yeah, our season man, thing? I, I haven't gotten to well, say that. I mean, yeah. the U.S. Open Cup, I just keep thinking, is it good for what ails you? I mean, they, they had serious problems. David, yeah. you touched on it. The three-game league losing streak going into that right. match. Mm-hmm. It just it just was looking bleak, I guess. if It's a long season. There's going to be ups and downs. But this was def- we were definitely in the, the peak as opposed to valley of our season. Mm-hmm. You know... Maybe because we did it shorthanded, mm-hmm. we did it without quite possibly this season our best player. Yes, in Romain. Romain is yeah. Um, maybe Houston does define our season because something's changed. Something has changed. You're right. You're right. I mean, if we and again, we'll probably talk about this very briefly again in the, later on. If we go and beat San Jose, who's playing really well right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe something had... Maybe Houston did trigger something. Exactly. And look at everything that was against us in Houston. I'll bring it up again. The Heat, we don't play well there. We're down 2-0 at halftime. That's two big things. Right. That we're, like, there's... It, we're done. We're right. Put a fork in us. And we came back and won the game 3-2. to two. Yeah. I mean, that could be the lead to the rest of the year. And we've got a... We talked about this before the podcast, guys. There's a minefield of games at the end of the season. Yes. There's some really bad games. And everybody in the West from, what, the fifth place team? Fourth or fifth? I'd say it's fourth, yeah. Fourth place all the way through, like, the, what, ninth place team? Last place, essentially. Last place. They're bunched up. I mean, yeah. there's, they're all, we're all bunched up together. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll, we can touch on it later if we're talking, when we yeah. kind of put the season and recap yeah, but since yeah. you brought it up i mean okay so the loons sit at 24 points yep. you know 24 points six in the standings your last place portland timbers are 17 but points so that's you know a seven yeah, point difference exactly but to my point that we have this big you know second half of the season coming up this houston game might be the game that kind of throws us through the rest of the season because exactly. if we didn't if we didn't win in kc if we if we had lost in kc I think we'd go into the second half going well. You mean KC and uh, at Allianz, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Allianz, yes. in the Against open KC, cup. Yeah. In the open cup, and that's what. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame that you know it's like it's the maybe a, you know I know MLS teams don't take the U.S. Open Cup as seriously as they could or maybe should. I right. think should, but if, if, hey, if it come if it turns out that th- this is what turned around our season, strong performances in yeah. in, in a tournament. Right. Then going back into league play on the front foot, mm-hmm. you know, I'd call that a huge, you know, success. So let's. let's. I, I should say, you know, so yep, yeah, we'll wrap that game up. But just yeah. just for our listeners that don't know, I'm sure everybody probably does. But because of that win, uh, uh, Minnesota United, they're going to be in their first quarterfinal match ever, and that's going to be against. at Allianz Field, against. July 10th, against New Mexico United, New Mexico United, the USL Championship, which, which makes it MNUFC versus NMUFC, yes, yeah. which yes. I think is fantastic. I'll probably bungle that up a few times as we yeah. talk but about it. Just shortly, guys. It's a very exciting thing for us to play a lower division team. 
a right hopefully. and have them come to Allianz. Hopefully, and, and, you yeah. know, and they they knocked off two MLS sides to get yeah, to Allianz. They, they they beat Colorado and then they beat Dallas. Yep, mm-hmm. so. and it, you know I. I try not to uh, get arrogant over this because they have beaten two MLS teams. I think it's just going to be really cool for them. Yeah. They get to come here and play in a real stadium, unlike the Rapids and Dallas. Well, yeah, well, and I, a real it, question. This is a question for, for myself and our listeners as well. I, that was I want to know why the game was in Texas. when they, they New Mexico United beat Dallas. Yep. But the game was not at their normal... MLS Stadium. It was at uh, a college, like SMU. Yeah, there I was something say. going on. I don't yeah. know. Okay, why. there was another event, probably something. Yeah. That was my question. Yeah, I just which didn't... is another example of how we need to take, take it more seriously. This, I mean, we. I was we, I, because I wasn't in Madison with you guys. I think we were going to bring it up. Um, the fact that this Open Cup is the way it's kind of set up is right. it's not good for American soccer. No, and. I, I agree. We should be going down to New Mexico. Mm-hmm. We should be playing there. Mm-hmm. They they should have had three straight home games, yep. in my opinion. Colorado yep. should have been there. Dallas yeah. should have been there. We that, should be there. It's funny that you say that. Like go, The Houston match, that, that, that U.S. Open Cup match uh, between the... between MNUFC and, and Houston, that was their Houston's seventh U.S. Open Cup home game in a row. They yeah. had all five of their matches oh, last yeah. year... On their way to, the, you know, they they were the champions of the U.S. Open Cup last year. All five of their matches were at home. All and five. And I believe that's because I could be wrong about this, but I believe it's because they use MLS standings to determine the MLS home team. But I, mm. again, which I think again is stupid because you need to take the leagues out of U.S. Open. Exactly. Cup. I, 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 there's so many things I can do right now about the Open Cup and and how they've mismanaged it and all that type of stuff. I mean, there's. MLS shouldn't be coming in at this time. There should be right, there right. should be other things going on. It, it's just it, it's annoying to me. Yeah, and we touched on that, like you said, in Madison. Yeah. But I mean, we, you could go on and on. And I mean, but we're seeing we're we're talking about the same things two weeks later because it's still an issue. It's annoying. It's, still, it's annoying as hell. Yeah. And New Mexico should have the opportunity to play a game against an MLS team in their home state. In their home right. stadium, they should. We don't need the the ticket sales from this game. Right. Or the the vendor stuff. We don't need that. New Mexico does. Exactly. And they would sell that game out, and they would sell a lot of beer and a lot of merchandise if we were down there. Yeah, I'll and, tell you. And you, that's the thing. You know, if you have a stadium, I don't I don't know what they hold in Albuquerque. Well, I can tell you roughly, that I know for a fact they're averaging roughly 14,000 people per game. Okay. See? Yeah. I, I actually heard it I heard it on the broadcast playing yesterday. In, uh, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell State? you off the top of my head. They must play at a college, though. Um, They've got I mean, to be near Albuquerque, yeah. I would say, yeah. for those kind of numbers. And, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, you know, maybe they like their team, obviously, because they're averaging that big of a crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, but let them see MLS teams. Exactly. I mean, why would you not want that? You, it, it's And we brought this up in the last episode yeah. where it's nice to see Chelsea and Arsenal and Tottenham and Manchester City and Manchester United and Liverpool head off to these other teams like mm-hmm. Derby and 
you know, Portsmouth and, uh, you know, Huddersfield Town. And, it's a boost. It's a boost yeah, for those teams. I mean, that's that's what you should be doing. And yeah. England, they don't need to build the sport in England. My no. God, they have seven divisions. We do here, though. Yeah. We do here. And that's what I, I don't get is, like, you get all these MLS teams in these last rounds, and then you have, like, nobody left from lower leagues. Right. So it just becomes an MLS tournament is what it is. Exactly. And so and you're not getting any teams going to these minor league stadiums. You're not getting the fan. It's just stupid. And, and generally speaking, in England in the FA Cup or even the League Cup, it ends up being Premier League teams. Of course it does. But it, not always. Yeah. And, I mean, and it definitely not... You know those like the semifinals. There's mm-hmm. usually a championship team. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say there was a league. There's a league one team that made it pretty far in the last couple of years in England, and it, and that's that's cool. You want to yeah. see that? Obviously, there's a big there's a big talent difference between, of course, you know the third division in England and the third division in the United of States. Course. They're they're much more competitive compared to. Yeah. You know, comparatively to the Premier League and Championship, but still, it's it's just makes sense to be that yeah. they shouldn't be playing. New Mexico should not be traveling to Minnesota. Minnesota should be traveling to Albuquerque. That's right. And yeah, and sp- correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't like the, there are going into the quarterfinals of the Gold or sorry of the U.S. Open Cup, there are two USL Championship teams left. New Mexico United being the first, obviously, and, and then St. Louis. St. Louis yeah. is that a first for this I tournament? I think. It might I be just that. because of yeah. how they, yeah. you know, they kind of rebranded, you know, the lower tiers yeah. of American mm-hmm. soccer. But I'm pretty sure you're right. I think I read that those that was the first time they've made it that far. Yeah. But what a big coup it would be if one of those teams won the whole damn thing. I mean, it would be great. I, for Honestly, I wouldn't mind it if we lost. Yeah. yeah. If it was to some MLS team, I'd have an issue. Or, But, you know, it is what it is. Fantastic if somebody can make a Cinderella run. Yeah, yeah let the Cinderella win, man. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's too bad they'll play in an MLS stadium after. Yeah, but. and so that's I just want to bring that up a little bit, guys. Yeah. So let's move on to last night's game. Good God, yeah. Because Oof. we we're playing FC Cincinnati, and my first thought about this game was we should win it handily. Right. My second thought was this could be a trap game because we lower our guard because Cincinnati sucks. I mean, they're terrible. Yeah, unfortunately. So we lower our guard and be like, well, we should be able to... And then we lose 2-1 to one or something like that. Something has to give. And it's yeah. another, you know, maybe, again, we're talking about the U.S. Open Cup and transitioning back into league mm-hmm. play. Well, guess what? It was hot in Houston, but it, it was, was hot at Allianz yeah. yesterday as well. I it mean, I think... pretty much the same. Well, <laughs> similar conditions. Still, you didn't go because it was so hot. Well, no, that's not true. That's true. I didn't go because I decided to do work... On my house. And it was hot. I, I had a seat under the canopy. It was, it was hot. It was hot. I remember freezing my butt off. I, I guess I, we have the explicit tags. I might as well yeah. say yeah, what you I was thinking. But anyways, I remember for the opener, sitting in your wonderful seats, David. And mm-hmm. But just thinking, oh, it's so cold, it's so cold. And then mm-hmm. I was thinking, oh, but in the middle of summer... This is going to be nice because yeah. you're going to have that breeze right. coming off. Yeah. You're going to be shielded by the overhang. Yeah. Like if you were going to watch a game in 95 degrees weather like it was yesterday or close to it, yeah. your seats would have been probably the seats. Yeah, you know, and I, I mean, I had a culmination of, okay, I could do stuff down my basement, which I put my door in. Well, yeah, you saw your door. Um, and then two, like every major highway was under construction. And yeah, closed. yeah, yeah. And then three... There were issues with bus lines and train lines, and uh, I was like, you know what? It, it is hot. It was hot, and it, there's so much junk going on. I could 
Yeah. Use the extra hour mm-hmm. each way to, you know, just stay home. And, Plus, I'm, he got some money out of the and, deal. So. Yeah, I and I got to watch it in a cool basement. And, yeah, you did. Well, yeah. I had mentioned, yeah, I obviously wasn't at the game. I was in Eau Claire last night. But I was excited because this, this game was nationally broadcast. It was mm-hmm. on ESPN. So I knew, you know, the, the reception was at 6 p.m. I knew yep. I, I made a point of going to Eau Claire early so I could get to my hotel and watch the full game. And, mm-hmm. so. and we'd never won on ESPN. Oh, I didn't yeah, realize that. Not, yeah, I suppose right. we drew against NYFC mm-hmm. in the yep. opener. But, uh, yeah, but something had to give, right? Because we were talking about our three-game win streak in league yep. play. Cincinnati had lost five games in a row. Ten of their last eleven, actually. So really, something had to give. But they, but they. The thing is, that when this game started, the first what ten minutes, the loons came out. They were putting pressure on them in like, the first just, ten minutes. Just yeah. hitting yeah. them up, and then it them changed. Up. And then it, then did, it changed. We will bring that up because yeah, it started out great, and then then it did flip. And actually, the best opportunity of the in the first maybe 20 minutes of the game yeah. was created by Cincinnati. They did, yeah. And I Huge. tweeted out from our account around minute 15ish that I felt like it must be I said it must be hot cuz there are a lot of heavy or heavy legs and they're mm-hmm. all on Minnesota side. That's right. And I, again, just like Houston, I don't know what happened. Mhm. But apparently they shook those heavy legs off. But they yeah, just—I mean, before we get before we pat them on the back too much, I, I have to bring up um, Cincinnati is incredibly shorthanded. So much so that I think they only had five subs available. They had fifteen I, guys. No, they had fifteen guys total. That was it. Yeah. So they only had they had a very limited four, maybe but four, they had four subs. subs. That was it. And but I mean, they had nine of their nine players of their senior roster were unavailable for a variety of reasons. Injuries, Injuries call-ups. Yep. Yep. Uh, I think there was one suspension. Yep. And they made the point on the broadcast. I mean, I don't, I couldn't tell you Cincinnati's roster up and down off the top of my head, but they made the point on the broadcast of saying that eight of those guys missing, those players missing, were potential starters. Right. Yeah. Yep. So they were yeah, a they shorthanded were. side. Mm-hmm. And this was another thing that I was like, they had two 18-year-olds starting. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, the same as you, Tony. This is turning into a trap game. Well, as I said in our text, I said we should win this. We should, no doubt. But after that first ten minutes of us kind of pressuring, I, what I saw from Cincinnati was they just kept possession, 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 yep. back and forth, back and forth. We couldn't get the ball back, and we got the ball back, we'd give it up. Yep. And it was. I'm going. This is going to be one of those damn games where they keep possession all the time. We make mistakes. They're going to score a freaking goal. And it's going to be one nil because we can't well, do shit. And it almost should. I mean, Manone made a tremendous save early, yep. but the crossbar kind of saved saved him as well. I mean, if it wasn't well, for Manone, it would have been a goal. But then yeah, the right. crossbar kind of yeah. helped as well. Otherwise, yeah. it would have been one to nothing, mm-hmm. Cincinnati. And that was one of the eighteen year olds yep. that had that shot. Um, you know, it was. I completely agree. It was it was a trap game waiting to happen, mm-hmm. and. You know, it's. I was I was a bit worried. It come about minute seventeen. Yeah, I was like, "What is what's going on here? We're not doing anything. We're not really, we're not really controlling any possession. It's just not. No, we're doing. doing sh- I could see. Shit. I could see one of your one of your nervous texts was, "Oh, I'm not impressed with Finley right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, he. Finley, uh, I mean, he. This is early made on. Made up in the for game, himself, but yeah. early on, it was yeah. kind of like he had a couple, you know, missed runs. He there was a run. He did a couple heavy touches. It was just kind of like, come on, what are there you was, doing? There was a run from Dotson. He made where Dotson kicked it. 
he had Finley had a nice run. He kicked it, over kicked yeah. it on the feed. It was it was a bad run. Uh, but then we get our buddy Jan Grigus or Gregus or whatever you want. Gregus. Gregus. I say I don't so know. many different. I, I don't you know. say Gregus. I say Gregus. Yeah, pretty much. I, mean, I, I say Gregus. Actually, I yeah. do know that the the S has. And Oosh. has an accent so on it. It might so be Grey Goose. It should be sh- Grey Goose. Grey Goose. I'm guessing, but it's not Grey Goose. No, because that's it's what not the, Grey Goose. That's what, but that's what the uh, Minnesota United yes. announcer he calls him Grey Goose. And it, I didn't know that he had an accent. Well, he has an accent on his A in Yawn. Yeah, and then he has an accent on the S. And I think he has an accent on the E, too. Yeah. And I think um, if you want to see what we're talking about, you can check our Twitter feed because I'm pretty sure you had it yes, nailed I did on it right. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, saying that Wikipedia is correct. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Can you trust me? I'm going to assume that that's written by someone from his home country. I would hope so. I don't know well, um, that's the case. What you're leading into, Tony, I think is was happened in the 18th minute. Yeah, the curl. Off a free kick. Off a free kick. Which we, I thought it was going to be a corner because the ball had gone out but then they said it was a free kick because there was a foul he was fouled early. yeah so yeah. i thought it was a corner yeah and it yeah they they called a foul which i initially thought maybe it was a handball yeah it was weird but, but it doesn't matter because jan gets it and, and he had one thing he could do with that ball yep curl it and as we've said on this podcast before having jan take kicks like these having set pieces much better than Darwin. And that's why they brought him in. Yeah, well, much and, better than Darwin. And kick, I mean, this, this wasn't exactly long range, but he has that ability. We've yes. seen it before on his long range blasts, mm-hmm. and this wasn't quite as long range. But, yeah, that, that beautiful curled motion. And we talk about the goal. I thought he scored. Yeah, yeah so did I. I. Even after replay after replay after replay that they showed, I still I actually wrote my notes. Goal, Jan Gregus, 18th minute, yeah. curled in. And Andy Greeter, um, I think it was... I want to credit the right person. I'm pretty sure it was him. Um, said that Ike Opara didn't feel the ball at all. No, I'm sure he didn't. So, because it hit. There off. was also they were joking that it, it went off his balls. Well, it went it went off it his might low, have. it went off lower. But down. I thought yeah, he, he, I thought he was already across the line. That's when what he I made too, contact yeah. with that yeah, ball. Yeah, so it's it's one of those things. That he's they were joke. The players were joking in the locker room that it, it hit his crotch. I, I and it, he said, "Well, I didn't feel it, so I don't know if that's a good thing." Or not. I will say this for maybe there's people out there who didn't watch the Cincinnati match or maybe weren't able to watch uh, the U.S women's team in the World Cup quarterfinals against France. But right. that goal was, and they brought it up in the broadcast. Yep. For the, but I just have to repeat it because it was strikingly similar to Megan Rapinoe's mm-hmm. opening goal against France yep. in the early minutes of their yep. match, quarterfinal match. It was yep. very similar. It was, a, again, Jan is known for doing these types of things yep. when he has the set pieces. And, and he hasn't done a whole lot with us, so it was nice to see, nice that. To see that. Yeah, yeah. But that kind of started it off. So now we're up 1-0. And now we're going, okay, so this should be a better game. And, and get, I think the tide and yeah. momentum, whatever you want to call it, it just completely changed. shifted. Well, let's talk about the second goal, guys. Oh. Because our boy, rookie of the year in MLS, I think. I, I think he's got yeah. a chance. Dotson. Scored his first goal of the year. It was his second goal. That's not Taylor, what I heard on the Taylor broadcast. Taylor Twelman says, oh, it's his first goal. No, it's his second goal because we're fans. We know that it was the second. He was corrected and still said it. But he said it twice. <laughs> twice. Uh, 40, 
45 or 50 yards out. Was it that far? That's what they were saying. I think they ended up saying, I think uh, the MLS article ended up saying it was 30. Okay. Really? And that sounds right. It sounds about right. You can, I mean, all I, when I, when I see, when I see it in my mind without looking at a replay, all I can see is the space that he had. Mm-hmm. He yeah, had they weren't so doing any space. They, yeah. Nobody it, pressured him. It looked like Minnesota defending, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he yeah. just let it rip. From Let's call it 40 yards. That let's sounds better. 40. But I it, mean, it could have been 30, 40. It was, it was a kick. It was outside the box. It was a kick. Yep. And, again, the goalie they had playing yesterday, Cincinnati, was he... I think you know, I don't goal, remember. Was he a second goalie? I don't think he was their top goalie. I think he was a backup. Backup guy? Um, and he looks, we could probably figure it he out. He looks young. I mean, he looks like he's probably 19 years old. For so it was six. Ricky. Um, Ricky. Ricky. Yeah. Richie. Ricky. However you yeah. want to pronounce it. I'm pretty it, sure he's the one that made me think it looked like a... He looked like a Francisco Calvo with blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm fairly certain. I was going to look him up again to see if, that's, if that was accurate or not. Because I'm pretty sure I was like, man, that dude looks like... So we're yeah we're like as as you look at it we're already so we're already two nothing in this mm-hmm. game but I just want to back up and just I remember texting tweeting whatever it was that you know I don't think there's going to be any surprises in this lineup yeah. you know we've got we've got we're fairly close to full strength of course Metnier is still away yep however I was this there isn't going to be any surprises in my mind I think there was a couple surprises um, that being on your fullbacks uh, both Dotson and Gasper. Getting the start, Gasper with his first MLS start. Well, he started the U.S. Open Cup matches, I know, but I in the likes of I don't believe they were injured. Schuler and Eric Miller, but I don't. That think, was maybe my surprise yeah, that we had were. those two, Gasper and Dotson, starting. But I don't this think game. I don't think Dotson's a big surprise because maybe Dotson not. has played very well. Correct. The past couple of months, and, and don't yeah, don't get me wrong. So is, Gas- so is Gasper. But he's Gasper, played well, but for him to get his first start, was Gasper, a little surprising. Gasper was a little surprising for me because yeah. he's still he's not at Dotson's type of pace right now. Right, he's still kind of learning. He's he's got some great skills. Yeah, well, and yeah, it, it just, should just, be just sorry, David. Uh, just to back up, Schuler and Miller were both available. They were mm-hmm. off the bench, and also Richie uh, was in fact. He started 15 games for them. Okay. Okay. So he's their primary. Yeah. primary. Uh, but so to Gasper, um, you know, when they drafted him, I remember Adrian, he's saying that he was MLS ready. That's right. That's right. And I think that was one of the reasons why they got rid of Francisco Kelvo was because mm-hmm. they're like, we have, we just drafted a left back who's MLS mm-hmm. ready. He got injured in training. Yep. And I think it was hamstring. Um, and he was out. Unavailable for I think four or five weeks, right. um, and he just became available. I think for the Houston match. But I think having those two back dots. What would you call it? Dotson? Really isn't a. He's more of a midfielder. He's he? a center midfielder. Center yeah. midfielder. Yeah. But having those two guys back there, young guys, Dotson can get up, get up the field, get up the pitch really fast. He's got some great passing attributes. So, Gasper's more of a defensive guy. Yeah. My problem with Gasper. Has been though every game I've watched with him in it, he does some really stupid fouls. He's aggressive. I mean, yeah, he's aggressive. aggressive yeah. Time, but and I, I get a little worried about him making a foul in the box. 
because it's going to happen. And, and we actually mentioned that on the last podcast. Well, if there was, I brought it up that Sarah thought he acted like a douchebag. Yeah, I think, and that's <laughs> we were talking about the point. Uh, but this is to segue out of your mm-hmm. your point is we were if there was VAR in I believe the yeah, Kansas City PK, yeah. U.S. Open match. Yeah, yeah. He, it might have been him. Yeah, that's what he's talking about. Is yeah. he's yeah. he's a little aggressive. Yep, I agree. But they're both have done better than I expected. I mean, I yeah, without a doubt, ask for more. Um, so Dawson gets that the rocket uh, from forty yards out, makes it two nil, and then we go to uh, Darwin pass to Finley for a score after he deked out the goalie. Oh, Darwin Quintero, that's a great point because yep. earlier in the game it was I th- it was before uh, Minnesota actually scored their first goal. Darwin yeah. did you know he did his little dancing. Um, dancing. I guess that's a good word for it. He was dancing around, dancing around, but mm-hmm. at the end of that, you could call it. Great play, brilliant play, but you could also call it selfish because yep. he should have gotten that ball to out Finley. To which Finley. Taylor brought up on the, on yep. the broadcast but saying it was it's selfish. He totally redeemed himself he with did. with almost you know a similar move, kind of just just he's dan- he gets past the goalie, he dances around the goalie, he he's past out, the goalie, still moving around, and he does get the ball to the, Finley. The goalie came out and dove, man. Yeah. Okay, I agree with all of you. Yeah, but. I'm going with Taylor Twelman, the Minnesota boy, who said this would not have happened had Angelo not have been perfect in his hold-up play. Yeah, yeah. I, I have been an ardent supporter of Angelo Rodriguez, uh, and so have this, I, mm-hmm. it's he's completely right. Had Angelo mm-hmm. not held the ball up, mm-hmm. gotten it out That's to right. Darwin, who was literally like a yard away. I, yeah, right, I, I right. have it in my notes. Here yep. I said, here's my notes verbatim. Goal, Ethan Finley, Angelo Rodriguez, hold up play to Darwin Quintero. Yeah, blah, that's right. Blah. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so, had he not done that, it would never have happened. Let's let's get into the hold up a little bit here, guys, because there's been a lot of people, and we've talked about some podcasts before, a lot of people who have said Angelo doing the hold up thing is not good for us. Right, because he's not scoring goals. But we've seen this a couple times now in the past couple weeks where the hold up play works right because there's a pass off the hold up there's something break something happens I, I think it works perfectly well I, I just love it too and because they they were they like david like you brought up twelman was was very you know he was complimenting his play and mm-hmm. you're right that i totally agree that was if that didn't happen there wouldn't be the opportunity right and then it was funny he's like you know as he was they were complimenting him. They're saying, you know, Angelo Rodriguez, he's a guy that can be a big part of your attack. He mm-hmm. holds the ball up well. He's not going to score many goals. No. <laughs> and then I think the fourth goal was his, but uh, which was kind of right. funny because that happened very shortly after. And, and that's the thing. You know, we... All of the, the anti-Angelo arguments stem from who he replaced. Of course they do. And it's, it's because they're completely different players. Yeah. Exactly. And then and then coming Angelo Rodriguez was a goal scorer. Like he had scored goals in his in his previously mm-hmm. in his career. I definitely didn't follow him previously, no. but he was looking back at his stat lines, he scored goals. He was. It's and, not. And I look at it I again, I do this all the time, guys. I look at it from another sports standpoint. I look at it from uh hockey. Um, I look at guys, there's centers in hockey who are hold-up guys who they kind of make plays off the hold-up in the front of the goal. Um, and those are good, great guys. And Angelo's one of those guys. And uh, our former player, who I'm not going to say his name, he was a flashy guy. He was a flashy 
streaker type of makes some right. great they're plays. Just very like, different. They're different guys. And if Angelo, and we've seen this now the last couple weeks, if Angelo and Darwin can play well together with their two different styles, we have seen what the possibilities are. Right. We've seen some great plays from these guys. And the next goal proves that point. Right. Because we have a breakaway from Darwin, hits the pass to Angelo, scores a goal. Great, yep. great play from Darwin. Yeah, on again. Just, you let him perfectly. These two guys can complement each other so well if they work well together. Right. And then all the detractors and all the doubters will say, well, I guess I was... Actually, they won't. They'll still say, I'd rather have what's-his-name back. Yes, but, they would. You know, that's the way it works. I like the setup of our front line here. Yeah, and I love... I love... And I, they're the Minnesota United's only in their third MLS season, but I love bringing up... Um, you know, the fact that they're setting records game after game. Mm-hmm. So we set a record in the first half, and that was for goals scored in any mm-hmm. first half of their yeah. entire MLS existence with four. So we go to the half, four to nil. Um, you guys will take it from here because uh, myself, it's very hot outside. The girls are outside in the little kiddie pool with uh, water balloons. My wife's out there with beers. So I decided after 4-0, we weren't going to lose this game, so I decided not to watch well, anymore. Well, I was glued to the television. I, oh, didn't, no, even, I, was like, I didn't even... You were know. an player, so you had no choice. And I was in my hotel room yeah, watching yeah. the game and taking notes. But I was no, I was glued to, to the television screen because I was waiting for goal number 5. There's a couple reasons for that. I mean, well, 5 is a nice odd number, but and maybe because I wanted to hear a little baby, baby shark, shark in the background. Right? Yeah. Which, came from, which came from this podcast. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was kind of... Uh, the idea was floated in this podcast. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I, I think I, I la- hate the song. I, I, well, I do too. When they, when we, when we were bringing that up, I was just kind of. La- I think I mentioned in the last part. I had to Google it because I didn't know what it was. First yeah. of all, but yeah. then second, I was also kind of laughing it off because no, that's not going to happen. Right. Well, the boys from we, we were at uh, we were at Dual uh, Citizens. Dual Citizens. Yeah. We brought up. We were talking about uh, Chance. Yep. And somehow the boys from Teenage brought baby. I think I brought baby shark. And then they decide, well, we should we should talk about. Wait, it. so are you taking credit? I'm not taking credit. For it. I don't okay. think. I, maybe record. I didn't bring it up. Okay. Maybe everybody brought. It. I don't. I, I don't remember exactly I, how it went. They they were saying that they only had enough smoke for four goals. Mm-hmm. They needed something to do with goal five. Yeah. And somebody, I believe it was Drew, who wasn't on our podcast, but he's the president. Yeah. Uh, said. Or mentioned Baby Shark. I, I could be wrong about that too. I'd have to go somebody, back and listen. But it somebody came mentioned up, Baby Shark. All right. I, from my understanding, that would have been the first public suggestion that yes, Baby yes. Shark would be goal five. I mean, it was it was on the podcast. Though. Right. But before we get into that, I think we I will talk about the second half. And it, it, the second half kind of started out a little similar to the first half in the sense that. Um, Cincinnati actually showed for being down four zero. They actually showed a little signs of life, um, and not only that. Uh, before Minnesota got their fifth goal, it was Cincinnati scoring. It was Ledesma getting his first. I think it was his first MLS goal. Yeah, and they and made it. So they made it four one. You weren't too nervous, but Minone probably could have done better. He kind of dove was over. He dove over. It went under him through his arms. Yeah, he it, he saw that coming mm-hmm. in. He saw that ball. Yeah, so I was I just know. looking at my notes, and I could have sworn I wrote that Minone did bad, and I remember I put that on our Twitter feed. Yeah, he didn't he do well. It was just it. weird to watch because, you know, some of those 
where that ball came in, sometimes, you know, maybe the goalkeeper shielded, blocked. No, nah, I don't think that was the case. It just literally, he fell on top of it. It went through him under mm. his arms. It just yeah. didn't look good. It was a bad, probably bad timing. So, and yeah. It, you know, it, that could come with you're up 4-0. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would put some blame on Ikopara. He didn't pressure as well as he should have. Well, I think you take the pedal off the gas a little yeah, bit. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and that and that probably it's did garbage happen. time. Goal. That that probably time. did happen. And then actually in the you know it, so it's four to one at that point in the sixty first minute it's still four one. Um, Kevin Molino comes in for Darwin Quintero and Mason Toy came in at the same time for Angelo Rodriguez. So yep. they they changed it up quite mm-hmm. a bit. Which they which is funny they talked about this going leading into the second half was should they start subbing guys out because they have a couple games here in a row right and yep. it's hot. And they and I believe that um, they were critical they of it. Of it, uh, uh, the commentators were critical of it. But I mean, it was standard operating procedure. I think yeah. for Minnesota, they they brought their subs in at the hour mark. At yeah, the 60 right. minutes, and I think basically. Heath Heath was right to do it at that point. So. Yeah, I agree. Right or wrong, I mean, they they did. And then actually, before the fifth goal, Lawrence Alom came in for Ozzy Alonso. That's another smart move. Mm-hmm. You know, get a guy like Ozzy off the mm-hmm. pitch. He's played enough. Yeah, you know, and I think Olam has. Played relatively well. The little that we've seen him for being um, as, well, and he's how old? he's like thirty two, isn't he? Yeah, I think yeah, so. he's an older uh, yeah. veteran guy. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, so that brings us to Baby Shark and goal number five in the seventieth minute. So Ike Parra got his brace, yes, a be- uh, and a beautiful. And we'll get to this, but uh, beautiful cross in from Jan Grace for his second assist Again. at that point. It was it was just brilliant. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't have too much to say about that particular yeah, goal, it's, it's other than it was a nice head in, and it was credit Yang Yang for the nice assist, and, and then let it go, baby shark. No mistaking that over the broadcast. Oh no, <laughs> really? That, that was loud and clear. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that that was the thing with uh, with uh, sporting. Yes, when it shouldn't have happened. Yes, um, it it wasn't that noticeable. Like you oh. could you could hear it, but you had to kind of. Look for it, but there wasn't. Yeah, any this time playing. it was. Oh, it was. This time it was. Yes, it was yes. obvious. I wish I was I at home with my stereo blasting because it would have been <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Your neighbors might have thought you had a kid. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and I'd like to uh, point out that True North Elite was trying to do the baby shark. Uh, oh, it's no, uh, Dave. This would be new to you. It would be. Yes. Uh, you you put your hands together and yeah. you act like it's a oh, okay. shark. shark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bad mighty. pod, but we're yeah. doing. We're all doing it. Now. We're all doing it. Yeah. Um, and there, there's a picture out on Twitter. I think of yeah. it. Um, and then, yeah. Anyway, so another another first that we get to say is uh, five, so five minutes later, mm-hmm. it just like the floodgates had fully opened. Yeah. Five minutes later. Oh yeah. Mason Toy scores mm-hmm. his first MLS goal. That's mm-hmm. correct. That's yes, because right. we already and, talked about and it. Uh, it was you and I were talking about yeah. this. Uh, sorry, Dave. Uh, again, podcast. Yeah, I'm not yeah. thinking mm-hmm. about who can see this. Uh, it it was a goal that first off, uh, Taylor brought this up. I think um, about how he smartly understood when to take the shot. Uh, and that's something that you know younger guys don't always understand. They take too many steps. They miss their opportunity, and it, he he figured it out. He did it right. the The other thing is, is that shot was not an easy shot. Uh, it was within like if you if you see a re- replay from the goal out, um, it was within like three foot, four foot window, mm. and so. 
the fact that he was able to take it kind of from the outside of goal, get it in just inside the post, that was a really good strike. It was. Yeah, his, 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 you know, they brought it up again on the, but his 1v1 play just leading up to that yeah. is just, was just brilliant. And that, so that's why we call him the super sub of the match. And yeah. Just, is, I mean, my deal with Mason Toy is can he be that super sub for this team? And I think with the goal yesterday, he's kind of proven himself to be that spark plug off the bench. You need a goal late. If, and then, of course, the Houston game. I mean, we go back to the Houston game. He did Houston the same game. exact thing. If, and you, it, if you were uh, if you were playing a drinking game uh, during the broadcast yesterday and had to take a drink every time they used the word raw, you would be you would have been well yeah. drunk by the because they well, that's how they just and that's how I guess that's one way of putting it because you know th- he has had some frustrating moments, mm-hmm. but he's young. You know, th- there's no denying the talent. You just watch him; he's so fast. Right. He's he's got the size. I think of yeah. a striker, but I think but, strikers when they're at that age, can be raw and still be good. Right. You can't have a raw defensive person or a True. midfielder. That's a good point. You can't do that. With, with, with strikers, though, you can be raw, and you can be bad for five shots and then have one shot that makes it, and then you're just like, oh, you're great. Right. He brings that energy. He brings that 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 quickness off the bench. And I think there, that this team needs. Yeah, and I think and it, it was a you know he was in for you know basically you know twenty five minutes or whatever to end the game. But it was you saw in, just in that short amount of time. It's there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic because you know part of the frustration is you know not being have having that I'll call it football IQ. Mm-hmm. You know being in the right spot or maybe being offsides too often was maybe some of the criticisms that he's drawn but you didn't see any of that yesterday. He was in the right spot all the time. So yeah, that 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 was brilliant cuz we'll we'll get it we're going to wrap this game up quickly but then I I'm just I mean, you going can talk on and on about toy but yeah. he in the to lead to the next goal like he had a, just a beautiful assist. To set up yep. Mal- to Kevin Molino, number yeah. seven, got her seventh yeah, goal. Seven but goal. it was it was Mason Toy with just a brilliant ball in. And they played Prince for number seven. Did they? they? Did? I didn't, oh, know, I didn't nice. notice that. Nice. What yep. song? Uh, seven. Oh, well, that makes All sense. All seven. Well, up. So, uh, of course, I love bringing up records. And that the seven goals is the most goals scored by Minnesota United mm-hmm. in a MLS game ever. Yeah. So. And it's the most... Goal, well, it's most goals by Minnesota United, period. Oh, period. I wasn't sure uh, on that. Yeah, I knew they, they scored six against Tampa Bay Rowdies in 2013. 13, yeah. Probably a long time ago. Um, to put it in perspective, so Minnesota United had six goals in their last seven games, league play, going into it. Six mm-hmm. goals in their last seven. So right, yeah. to pile on seven it kind of again against a team that if you're going to score seven goals this would be it this would be yeah. the day and they did and uh, you know jeff reuter has his uh eight words on twitter which i, I highly recommend yes. you guys participate in i know you mm. do uh and, and so what mine was this is how you play against lesser teams <laughs> that's take good. nothing against fcc but they're lesser team this is how you play against teams that aren't as good as you. And yes. spe- speaking of that eight word eight reaction, Jeff Reuter, I did actually do that, participate in that for oh, the did. first time against the, I think it was the U.S. Open Cup match against Houston. It was, uh, I said, sorry, the lights went. So did we get, was it a power outage now? No. Maybe I think oh. I'm more funny than I actually am, but mine was, it's not the heat or humidity, it's Darwin. 
I think we're in a power outage right now. We did get a power outage. We outage have a power outage at Sterling's Bar and Grill. What's your battery life like? <laughs> I, I, well, it's been plugged in. <laughs> so, all right. This all right, is new. great. <laughs> this is the first. It's, you know, it's know, good timing, though. Hey, we're just about to head into the break. We're heading the break, but before we go to the break, guys, we always have something at these podcasts, right? Yeah. So I would have thought of this is our first power outage, and there's been no dogs barking. Yeah, I would have thought of it a dog, dog, kid screaming. But it's a power outage now. It's My rules. goodness, Might this have is to open uh, the blinds. <laughs> huh. It's so, intriguing. So that finishes. We we beat Cincinnati seven to one, guys. Perfect yes. time. And we're it, gonna we're gonna head into the break. Uh, when we get back from the break, we're gonna talk about the first half of United, uh, what they've done this year compared to the last two years, um, and then I think we have a little bit of. We have some talk about cassettes, right, Sterling? Yes, cassettes and vinyl. Cassettes and vinyl make a comeback. And then a little zombie talk that, that David brought up that I'm not aware of because I'm the zombie guy. And, uh, I yeah, it's, it's not quite zombie. No. But okay, it is, like, all right, right. I, I would also like to give a shout-out to Laura Stevens. She is the FCC supporter oh. who uh, got zoomed in on yes. by ESPN. Uh, I, I'm not sure what her entire emotions were at the time, but sure, uh, she unfortunately was the target of ESPN's cameras. <laughs> Hang in there. We we've FCC's been, building a team the way you should. We've been there before. We've been there before. Yeah, yeah. We're three years in now, Laura. I, I mean, come on. This is yeah. the first year is always a tough year. I mean, unless you're going to sell out and buy your team like Atlanta did or LA did. And before we go, I'd like to say, Laura, I know you probably drove up here or flew up here, but you got to see a great stadium, you got to see some great fans, and you probably got to see some pretty good cities in St. Paul, Minneapolis. So and at least they're going to get a good stadium of their own. Exactly right. So it's, it's all going to come together. It'll be great. So we'll be back from uh, Sterling's Bar and Grill in a couple minutes. still on power outage time so it's yeah. a little dark here uh, a little weird actually a little, a little frightening it does have a different feeling to it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so suddenly the zombie story that i'm gonna mention but <laughs> so odd. we spent the break uh, hanging out with uh david's family his two kids um enjoying their company um two great kids and of course your wife um again your your son I'm hoping will be a soccer player at some point. Might be. I look forward to this soccer stuff. Now, my question for you is, what if he says, I don't like soccer at all? So it goes. Would be upset about that? No. Really? I'm not a big sports guy, so. But I mean, he, play, he, soccer would be the only sport you'd want him to I mean, it'd be the easiest sport to yeah, play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be the less likely for me to get bored. 
Yes. I mean, what? I mean, I I feel like a large percentage of children going up, even in this country, play soccer. Oh yeah. At some oh yeah. Course, because of like you said, yeah. it's the easiest, easiest sport thing. to play. Yeah. You don't need yeah. a lot of equipment or time. No. And the thing is, like, there's so many leagues. Like Nora's in soccer. My problem with soccer, and if if your kids ever decide to play at some point, my issue is being a soccer fanatic like myself. I find myself going, uh, you need to be up here. You need to be back here. You need to split out oh, from right. this pack. It's like in young kids' soccer, they all pack up. Right. And I finally taught Nora to be like, be outside the pack. Wait for a pass to come to you or a ball to come to you and then do it. And then she's finally decided to do that. Sure. And then when the manager says play offense or defense, I always say, if you're defense, don't go past the half line. If you're offense, feel free to – and she's learned that from me. But I almost – I had to kind of – shut my mouth at games because I'm like, she's playing for fun. It's not competitive. You know, I'm not concerned about it. Yeah. I, I'm a bit competitive in nature. So Mm I, I'd I'd actually probably prefer my kids didn't play sports. Oh, I, because I could maybe be that, Parent that would be a pain not in the ass. not the parent like out in Colorado that is. no no no, no, no not that bad. good lord no speaking lord. of competitiveness and um yeah. by the way guys and I was gonna bring this up in the Madison podcast but I wasn't there so I wanted to bring up the fact there was a tournament in Edina a couple weeks ago where the um the adults the parents and the coaches were not allowed to talk to the kids during the game they were huh. they were thirty yards away is what the deal was. And the coach is going to talk to the kids before the game and at halftime. That was it. They were just letting them play. Interesting. Be- because they didn't want the fa- the, the parents getting on the refs, getting right. on. Because I know in Nora's League, the refs are all like uh, probably teenage people. Right. And they don't make the right calls all the time, but they're teenagers for Pete's sake. Well, and they're they're doing that to get their license to exactly be exactly right. So um, luckily, we don't have any bad coaches in our league. We're Ticked off of the refs, but I could see that. You know, I could see why you sure. do something like that. Um, so I think we wanted to get into guys a little bit about the midseason because we are at the halfway game 17. Point. 17 yeah. games played out of 34. So, so league. just to just to kind of uh, get into this, obviously the team this year has done much better than the team the last two years. We have seen yes. an increase in points. We've seen increase in goals and in, in talent. Um, we're not talking year one where we had, well, nobody. And then right. coming to neck last year, we had, you know, Calvo and, you know, whatever. Right. This off season, which we talked about this podcast when we were doing off season podcast was we were getting a lot of talent coming in and all that talent has done something for this team, well, especially Romain, yeah. you know, he yeah. has been the guy who, and, and Ike, has been phenomenal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ike too. Yeah. And, and I think Ozzy, you know, yeah. And all that new on. talent, I think of one of the many things it's done, I think it's raised the bar a little bit around here as far mm-hmm. as, because here we sit, we're sitting in the, when I say we, Minnesota sitting in the sixth spot in the mm-hmm. West. Um, that's about where, if we were sitting here, we were sitting not here, but on this pod, we sat and projected what we thought they, how they were going to finish the yeah, season. Right. Mm-hmm. I think we had it sandwiched in between fifth and seventh. Yeah. So here they right. are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's still cause for concern. I don't, I don't, I think people, I mean, people in general are, are kind of maybe expecting more, but again, we projected them to be exactly where they're at now. Yeah. So is, does it, it has kind of a weird feel, I guess is what I'm, you know, saying is because I feel like there, there's room for improvement, but I mean, mm-hmm. how much more, I mean, they're sitting in sixth and 
I don't think any of us realistically expected to finish in the top of the table. No. Or even in the top three spots or four. So, I would say that my expectations have changed. Mm-hmm. I think we should be able to finish third or fourth. Mm. Um, because we've shown that we can play with the best teams. We have. And I think we've gone from just being a mediocre team to being a good team with these individual heirs that have mm-hmm. harmed us. And that's, that's I think, the type of team you want to be. Now, the type of team that you really want to be is so good that you can overcome the individual heirs. But what did we talk about in the offseason? At least I talked about was the fact that you brought in all this talent, right? Right. It takes time for this talent to get kind of good together. And I think we're maybe seeing that in the last couple of games. We're seeing a change in guys are knowing what other guys are doing. They're reading each other. They're playing more as a team than they were. Right. You can bring all the talent in the world, but they also have to play together. Right. You know, and I think um, we could we could argue about who needs to play better than who else mm-hmm. or who need you know as 12 men brought up last night mm-hmm. if minnesota wants to make the playoffs darwin Quintero has to play be the best player i don't think so. i do, I don't do think you that's agree accurate. with that no, no, i don't not. i think it's, it's darwin needs to find his place in the team mm-hmm. because the team is is uh talented enough maybe not to his level i think yeah. he's more talented than most of the team um but it's one of those situations where the team is talented enough to support him and allow him to pull back a bit. That's yeah. right. I mean, how many games last year did we sit here and talk about, you know, oh, it was Darwin, it was Darwin, it was Darwin. It was a broken record. He I mean, won if, a bunch if, of games for us. If, yeah, no, he did. And he was mm-hmm. the single reason why mm-hmm. he won games. We would just have, It was like a broken record if, if the Minnesota United had won. It was, oh, Darwin Quintero. Thank you, thank you Darwin. Thank you, mm-hmm. Darwin. And he was exactly. streaky. I mean, I think he brought it up. I think Taylor also brought up the fact that of the, I think he's played now 48 games with Minnesota, and he hasn't scored in 30 of them. That's right. And it sounds worse than it is, but I think it just draws to the point that he is streaky. He has been. He's been streaky this year. He's hopefully with the U.S. Open Cup and this match against Cincinnati. Um, he's on the right side of that, but uh, who knows? You know, he could disappear on Wednesday against San right. Jose. We don't yeah. know. But so I'd like to side note. Um, all of a sudden, my computer yeah. flashed me a email message, and I was like, "That doesn't make sense because my computer <laughs> is connected to the Wi-Fi." Yeah, um, there are a bunch of Wi-Fi's available right now. Oh, except our house. <laughs> <laughs> what? So that's interesting. <laughs> that's great. Um, however, I'm attached to some Wi-Fi that would. Maybe be ours. I, I can know. say this though. I, I'm looking at my iPad here, which is not Wi-Fi enabled, and I do not see any available Wi-Fi networks. It's intriguing. Thanks there to are Tony multiple available to me, here. but none of them are my neighbors. So that's weird. Yeah. Anyways, anyway. so we're talking. <laughs> let's continue on the, yes. the the mid-season talk, and and I think we brought this up a couple times last year, last season, I should say. Um, the as far as what you need to make the playoffs, that could be different in this year. Um, and we touched on it earlier in the podcast how the West, especially the West, I guess you could make a case for all of MLS, but especially mm-hmm. the West is very bunched up. Very As we sit, 
uh, through 17 games played, we're sitting at 1.41 points per game. Yeah. Well, that magic number is that that we brought up last year is that about 1.5 that yep. we yeah. that you'd yep. expect to need to make the playoffs. That yep. might come down a little bit given the fact that seven teams are, are going to make the playoffs this year as opposed to six in previous years. That's right. right. And you have Houston, who's at 1.5, and they're in seventh. They have a game in hand. They've played right. 16. So okay. yep. at one point, yeah, Houston was the uh, earlier in their in the season they were the uh, points per games leader. But clearly, that's the LA, the LAs, LAFC and LA Galaxy. Yeah. And that brings me to another point that was brought up yesterday that we should also bring up. Um, not sure if I agree or not, but the fact was brought up that the next 10 games for the United, including last night's game. So let's say the next nine games. Um, is an important stretch, or at least that's what... I mean, of course, any game is important, but it's incredibly important only because I think six of the next nine are at home at Allianz. And then they finish with a rather daunting stretch of, I think, six games or six games after that, Mm -hmm. including, uh, just off the top of my head, I can can tell you that they play LAFC twice in the month of September, Mm -hmm. I believe. So, and, and that's including a couple of tough games on the road, one of those being LAFC. So, and I think Twelman brought up the point where, okay, out of these 10 games, including yesterday, they need 20 points to make the playoffs. I, that's, that sounds like a lot. That's two points per game I over the next 10. I don't think that's, I don't think that's accurate because it, the way so, it's bunched up, though. Is it realistic, though? If six of those 10, including yesterday, were at home, is that realistic? I, I guess you'd have to say, yes, it's realistic. I mean, I, I think it's realistic if if you consider, if we make it past San Jose on Wednesday, you're, you're three right there. Mm-hmm. Which, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, we're, as we sit here mid-season talking about that, San Jose, a team who the United beat, Rather, what, what what was the scoreline on that game? Oh, I don't remember. In San Jose, it was that was three to two, three right? Three two, yeah. okay. But that being said, I think the United or Minnesota United caught them at a good time because they mm-hmm. were not uh, at their top form. But here they Absolutely are. Not, they yeah. they sit they sit above Minnesota in the standings by a point. They're set at twenty five points. Now. But I but I think so. How big is that game on Wednesday? It's a huge game. But I think going back to Taylor's comment about twenty points. It's such a dogfight in the lower area of the playoffs for the West that, yeah, 20 points is going to get you up. But there's so many other teams that will be fighting, too. I, well, I think even I think even like 14 points would, would be a good thing to have. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, it's just so interesting, um, the fact that the last two teams in the West, as we sit, are Sporting KC and Portland. Right. Yeah. I mean, are they going to make late season runs like we've seen from, say, the Seattle's of the world? I, last I, don't, year? I don't think so. I mean, I think Portland it would be most suited to potentially do that. I think they're going to have a lot of games at home as well because I think what was right. their first six weeks for them? They were because they're. I think it was more than that. Yeah, it might have been like eight because their stadium was under renovation yeah. or construction. Um. You know, but I I think sporting they're just a disaster. They've had so many, so many injuries, and they've just kind of fell, fallen off. I, yeah. I don't I don't think I see them making a move. And do you Colorado think, could make. I was going to say they're next next up on the list, sitting in tenth. But they have come on. They have they're they haven't lost a game in at least their last five. But right. bottom line is since and they and they beat uh, the loons. Yep. You know, in Colorado. And since then, and that was right in the middle of their, um, you know, they 
I think they had won three in a row at that time, or they were they at least hadn't lost in three matches leading right. up to the United match. And so, are they pretenders? Though it's, it sounds like you're saying they are, but I don't think they're that. Good. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna but. list. I'm gonna give you the teams behind Minnesota United in the standings. You tell me who you're most worried about. It would be Houston. Technically, they're level point wise, but Houston, Real Salt Lake, Vancouver, Colorado, Sporting K- Kansas City, and Portland. Who are you most worried about? Is it Houston? Is that too well, easy? Well, I mean, no. I, I think it's Houston and Real Salt Lake because we haven't played um, Real Salt Lake at all. Right. Yeah. So you've got six points up, and but, they're not, it's not like they're worse than us. They're 23 points. Yeah. So um, I think it's them. And then Houston, we still have a game with them. Do they play, um, does Houston play a lot of home games? Does Houston play a lot of home games the rest of the season, though? Not yeah. necessarily. That's I mean, the question. Houston six six zero oh, and three at home and one and six on the exactly. road. Exactly. So, so Houston play a bunch of home and, and we play Houston at home or okay. at Houston at Houston. Say, uh, yeah. Um, but that's I think it's like mid September. Yeah. So I, I I don't know. So mid you might be able to talk me into you know our Minnesota United. Do they need to? Could they do better than the sixth spot where they currently sit? Yeah. I mean, I guess the answer is yes. But can, you can't. Can you sit here and tell me that they're? I mean, you got. Leading pacing the West is LAFC with 37 points, and then you got LA Galaxy and Seattle. I can't see him cracking that group. No, can you? I think they can. You could. I, I don't think Seattle's, you know, that strong. I think they're they're good. Um, but if Minnesota plays cohesively like they have the last few games, um, U.S. Open and League, even Philly. Um, you know, as long as they eliminate those individual errors, well, or even just cut them down. Not it's not, and they, they they made it. They, it, I think they made the point yesterday of saying, I mean, if if Angelo Rodriguez and Darwin Cotero start playing with the 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 form that they have been, and they start playing together, and they find each other, and that that offensive potency of Minnesota mm-hmm. could be significant. And and yeah. if you see. You know the sky. You know if we get back to when Calvo was released, and we're you know the sky is falling, and and our back line is struggling. <laughs> Even though, as I sit here and say that, you know overall the problem hasn't been defense. No. Uh, they haven't. The, the United Minnesota United have not scored a lot of goals, but they haven't given up many either. Right. Um, and it is I think it's actually a little bit exciting seeing you know likes of Chase Gasper oh, yeah. and Hassani Dotson yeah. starting and. That could, and who knows what they're going to do in the window? I think that opens up right, and there Zoom. there are two that they're in advanced talks with. Um, in fact, it was Andy Greeter who reported that Heath basically said, "Look, you know, we can't say anything because even if they sign, we have to work through visa issues, mm-hmm. all that stuff." So, to me, when he, a manager says something like that, I think the the contracts are, yeah. Probably, I think they're set. I think we're going to see whoever those two people are. Um, and also, considering their visa issues, that means they're international. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there there's a thing, there's a situation where we're clearly going to do something in the window, whether that's one or two players. Honestly, I don't think we need more than one. 
I mean, if we absolutely had to, no. I think we need Good. somebody that can help in the midfield in attack. Okay, I was just going to ask you that. I mean, because where would you plug? If if in a perfect world, let's not worry about money. We're not the front office. Let, if as a fan, where would you want to see an, a player? I mean, I think I, you just answered would, your, that question. Yeah, right? I would want to see a 10 where... Uh, what Marino about Nino and Darwin can play at their actual positions you, on the wing? You just beat me to it, and I I don't, I don't want to sound like a broken record for those that watched the game yesterday. But uh, we've got a player potentially in Molino that's coming back to full right. health. Mm-hmm. You know, after his I mean, injury. He, I, I think he's looked solid ever since he came back. Yeah, and he's looked better in the last couple sub roles. So I, I I just really think I get Adrian Heath wants to play Darwin or Molino. At the 10th spot, that's not their position. They're wingers. No. Get them out on the wings mm-hmm. and bring in a really good 10. So, I mean, that role. Do you think, David, do you think to, for Minnesota to improve on where they are now and to get into that, say, potentially top four spot like you think is realistic, do you think that they need to change their overall, say, formation or style of play to do I that? I don't think so. They I don't need to they, change? You know, they last, last night they had... Less than forty percent possession, and they won seven to one. Yeah, I mean, that is exactly how you want a counterattacking team to play. Now, again, it was FCC, but still, that's how you want a counterattacking team to play. So maybe it's not going to be seven to one, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's going to be three to two or three to one. That's what you want. I mean, you're not going to get FCCs every game. You've got Montreal, who's Arguably level better than us. You've got you've got uh, RSL who's basically points wise the same as us. You've got uh, Vancouver who should be relatively easy at home. Portland at home. Dallas on the road. Dallas is probably on the road our biggest challenge up through mm-hmm. September. I. If this team can play the way they did last night against every opponent, it's not going to be seven to one. It's not going to be four to one. But that's how you want Adrian Heath's system to, to work. work yeah. And so, if they can bring in a win, bring in in this window a number ten and get Darwin, get Molino, keep Ibarra out on the wing, maybe even bring Ibarra in as a left back. Yeah. If they can get the that one attacking midfielder that they've never ever had, but I I think third fourth easily is expected. Okay, but we'll go to that. And sorry, so um, I think we'll roll on to you, Tony. But so basically, that I, we've set the bar. Then so that's I mean realistically third or fourth that that could be achievable based on the points and where they are right. now. Supporters Cup Shield. Let, okay, let's not get. A, I mean, LAFC sitting there with thirty-seven. But what's right. where's the bottom? Because you know, as we sit, um, I, I think it was Jeff Reuter that pointed out, pointed to a, a you know a, a website or a st- you know they're bringing up the statistics of the uh, Minnesota United making the playoffs, and I think it sat at forty-eight percent before the Cincinnati game. So if you're telling me that they can get to third, what's the you know there is a realistic chance given the West that they could fall out of the playoff. I mean, it is because as Tony brought up, it's it's, it's a dog incredibly fight. packed, and that's that was my concern was that I don't know if you can go 
further up with all the battles you have to do in that bottom area. You're going to have right. all these teams battling for a couple spots. Right. To get in a third, you're going to have to have one of those top three guys drop off substantially and I, get in that mix, right? I don't know that I'd say substantially, but, but they're yeah. going to have they're going to have to drop at some point. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, you know, I'm looking at this, the the um, standings right now. You've got Ralph Salt Lake as a minus four differential. Yeah. They're in ninth, or sorry, eighth. Um, you know, they they've given up 28 goals. Uh, you know, Colorado's still at 36 goals. Sporting's at 29 mm-hmm. goals. I don't think uh, uh, Vancouver's at 25. Even Houston's now even at 22. But you even look above. You've got San Jose who's given up 27. You've got SC Dallas who's given up 24. I mean, these teams, while everything's really compact, they're giving up goals. They are. And if we're going to start kind of melding our attackers together and they're starting to starting to gel and they're starting to figure each mm-hmm. other out I as Twelman said last night Darwin and Angelo start playing well together yep. this is a potent attack and, that, and that's why I think the, the US Open Cup has been so pivotal I mean just in the last two matches that they've played in that that you know in the cup they've I think you know they're finding something out. They're finding they're figuring out how to play together within exactly. the system and, that we have, within the new players that we have. And it's that's the best part about MLS not taking the US Open Cup seriously. Yeah. Is Adrian Heath has decided to take it seriously. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he feels the heat on his seat and he's doing this. He's playing these games like they should be played and his opponents aren't, which is allowing him to get his players to just focus on the fundamentals of playing together. Yeah. So if he, if he is he on the hot seat, if if say Minnesota United does not make the playoffs, he's gone. He's gone. Yep. I he think they kind of hinted at that yesterday. Yes. But I mean, it's it's hard not to disagree with that because they have set him up. We are on, which I have now fully bought into the three year plan. But right. we are in year three of that plan, and that exactly. plan was to make a run in the playoffs. Yeah. It should be. But my concern with this goes back to. Sterling's point of bringing in a, a number 10. What I talked about in the offseason was guys working together. Right. My concern, in any other sport, you can, baseball, you can bring in a good hitter or a good pitcher. It doesn't matter. They can be in there and they can do a great deal. Uh, hockey, you got lines. Football, no trades happen anyways. Basketball, same way. You don't have to really work together to make a, a good point. Right. In soccer, you bring in a 10. How concerned should we be about a 10 coming in and not clicking with everybody? That's my concern. That well, is a good concern. Is, and and yeah. because let's say they let's the if the transfer window opens, I think it's around July 9th. Yeah. Let's say yeah. they they start working on maybe they already are. I don't know how the inner inner workings can work, but let's say they come in, it's not going to be on July 9th. It's going no. to be say towards the end of the month. Yep. It's a condensed schedule. The season is over. Yeah, you know, you 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 we're talking about a couple of months where that player could come in, whatever player that is, yep. and make an impact. Is that enough time? But, and I think so, you're saying but you're worried it, about that. I'm time. worried about it because a ten is a is a pivot point for your offense, right? right? Yeah. If a ten doesn't work out with your other guys in the field, you're screwed. Like Darwin, how would he fit in with? Well, Darwin exactly. We're, we're, again, we're, let's go to Darwin. We're ahead of ourselves. We're, we're gonna so. we're gonna talk. If if we get a ten, we're gonna move Darwin somewhere else. 
how does he work with that 10 and with Angelo in that new position? Well, so in, in, in my argument, I think Darwin has looked better when they kind of allow him to mm-hmm. go towards his natural position. Sure. So the problem is, is it's so difficult to judge because you have Angelo out there mm-hmm. and they're very different players and it, there's an argument that they didn't gel together. I mm-hmm. But now there's this issue of, well, maybe they're figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are. And actually, who was it? Was it Corey from True North Elite that brought up, uh, didn't they, weren't, weren't, um, didn't he bring up the fact that Jan Gregus could potentially play a 10? Right. He and plays a 10 with Slovakia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, and, and just seeing his play yesterday, it's kind of, it was exciting to watch. Because and it, well, you could yeah, see that. So, you could yeah. see maybe... There's those, those a little, little bit of things. juggling, but those maybe they're things. figuring that out now. It, can, it guys, it always concerns me when you talk about, especially soccer, when you talk about um, let's, how guys work together. Let's put it this way: um, there's no doubt that Minnesota United have a talented roster, much improved. We mm-hmm. said that definitely. But would you still say that they need to make a significant acquisition in this window? To not just make the playoffs, but you know, make a potential run. For me, they do. They do because while Gregus, who we had no idea, played a ten, um, plays a ten. I don't see him being or that being his natural role. Yeah. Now we also have Kevin Molino. He plays a ten with Trinidad. That's not his natural role. I think. If you want to play a four-two-three-one, like Adrian Heath wants to, like apparently mm-hmm. uh, Manny and Doctor McGuire want them to, you need a ten who plays a ten. He plays a ten for his club team. Right. If you were to be selected for his national team, he plays a ten for his national team. Right. The ten is the most pivotal role. In the midfield, when you're playing a, oh, yeah. a formation like four two three one, they're a pivot point. Man. Yeah, I mean it's that's the guy who drives the entire attack. They're like a point guard in basketball, pretty much. Yeah. I, my my only concern, I, I'll bring it up again, is that my hope would be the guys they're looking at play kind of the same system that we play now, right? And I, I really, if, if they bring in a guy who doesn't play the same system we play now, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose it. Because right. you can't bring in somebody like that and have them change at this point in the season. Yeah, you know, I, I think they have to look at the guys they have. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got you've got Miguel on the left. I think technically Darwin's a right winger. I mm-hmm. think I could be wrong about that. Molino's right winger. Finley's a right winger. Uh, you don't like him, anyways. Doesn't matter. That's it. Miguel's <laughs> left. And everyone else is right. But, God, in my perfect world, like in my world, like I could just see you, the names you just mentioned. We've seen flashes of brilliance from yeah. all those guys. I mean, we've earlier just, just, you know, we talked about our frustrations with Finley, but you've also seen those moments where he's. Oh, without doubt. It's just so like, I look at it like, man, if you, you just rattle off a bunch of players, you know, Molino really came on. Um, well, he came on literally yesterday, but he also played well with Trinidad and Tobago. And yep. I mean, if gosh, if he could become the player that he was before, mm-hmm. you know, his injury. 
Boy, oh boy, that's an addition without an addition right there. Look, if he could become the player he was back in Orlando before mm-hmm. his first injury. Yeah. When Heath was there. When Heath was there. Mm-hmm. I mean... I'm, but look at... Yeah. Think about it, guys. Last, I, yeah. last, last year, uh, in the beginning of the season last year, we started this podcast. We were talking about a, a, we didn't have talent. Right. And now we're talking about a lot of talent here. <laughs> And we're almost going. We're going to get our, we're going to get a ten, but who's going to go where and and yeah, what happens? Exactly. There's not a good. There's no good back last year. It'd be a good slot. Oh, yeah. just put that guy in there. Now we're talking about how's it going to work out. Oh, our, our our team's too good. Yeah. We have too many talented players. I mean, two weeks ago we were sitting here after three losses in a row, mm-hmm. sitting you know sitting here talking about what's wrong with this team, and now we're sitting here talking about we've got too much talent. How are we going to fit it in? But, but Tony, you, I, Tony, I think your concern is right. Like yeah. how how do they how, if they add in the window? Yeah. How is it going to fit in? It's just yeah. it's a. I'm sure the the front office, co- the coaching uh, staff is having exactly the same conversation. I, well, you know, and I guarantee they're looking at. There are two other positions they're looking at. They're looking at left back, mm-hmm. and they're looking at right back because. Dotson's not a right back. No, he's not. Um, Gasper is, uh, you know, Gasper and Miller are, well, actually, I take the back. Gasper's the only left back because Miller's actually a right back. Yeah. So you have you have Miller, who would essentially be second, well, see, you try to look at a depth chart. Yeah, you can. And you're saying, okay, Romain is number one at right back. Yeah. And... It, Dotson, the way he's playing, obviously he's number two, but he's not supposed to be there at all. No, he's not. So, should he be counted in that depth chart there? But I don't know. Could Dotson float over to left back? Well, yeah, he plays fantastic at left back. Let's see, there you go. So it's like you have these pieces. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, Gasper is a legitimate left back. That's exactly. where he's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. And now, yeah. last night against a lesser opponent, he was fantastic. Dominated. Even yeah. even against Atlanta, he. He wasn't really he, bad. He was good. Um, against uh, SKC, he wasn't bad. No. So you've got this rookie who's MLS ready, who just needs more time because he's been well, injured half the season. Mm-hmm. And he looks maybe a little raw, but he looks really good. Yeah. So he's the only legitimate left back on the team. Now, Miller can play left back, but he's a different guy. He's more defensive. He doesn't attack well. He's a little slow. But he's still a, he's still a solid player, and I will bring this up just just as we're talking about it, it fits in well. And if we're talking about you know left whether you're talking left back or right back, your fullbacks, uh, I have to bring this up thanks to Jeff Reuter on Twitter. Just noticed that uh, Madagascar, Madagascar actually beat Nigeria to oh, win their they? Africa con- you know Africa group stage. So their next out. match is not until July 7th. Right. So, so don't expect Metnir back anytime soon. And this actually segues in it. So let's... We are what we are at this point. We have a lot of talent. We decide where it's at. But let's talk about... Guys, the MVP of the first half. I mean... It's Romain. It's Romain. Yeah. Of course it is. Because I remember podcasts when we started talking about all these signings we got. And Romain was a... We picked up this guy. Yeah. Right? Right back, left back, whatever he was. You picked this guy up. It was non-ish. I was like, who is this guy? I had no idea. Right. I was more excited about Jan. I was more excited about Ozzy and Ike and all those guys. And no one talked about him. And nobody talked about him. We, we, seriously, who would have thought? But this guy has come into this team and, and made a difference in that back spot. 
And probably the best defender, I mean, right back. He's arguably the best in the league. He's going to be in the he's going to be in the All-Star game. Yep. And he was a coach pick, which means that somebody who knows what they're doing yeah. actually sat down and said this guy needs to be on the team. Yeah. So I mean, he's he's mine. He's yours. Dave, yeah, yeah, I, I think so? really couldn't give a good point to argue. Which that. leads me into the All Star game. I want to talk about it just a little bit here. Um, we had texts about changing the way the All Star right. game because it's all Atlanta players. Uh, Schwansteiger yes. is in it. Why? Oh, he's There's, one of the best players. In no, the he's not. It's, it's in terms of revenue, maybe. In terms of revenue, <laughs> yes. But I understand it because you get the. It's the same way that MLB has been. It's. The Yankees used to get all the votes because right, yeah. they everybody would vote for the Yankee Yankee, even if they weren't the best players. Vote, 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 vote. MLS is the same way now. Atlanta, 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 Atlanta. Same thing. Yep. I'm not knocking Atlanta. I hate right. Atlanta. I don't like Atlanta. But they're doing what the voting allows them to do. And right. stuff the ballot box, you know? And yep. I don't know if it's changed like Major League Baseball. Um they change the way they do their voting. I'm not sure if it, it, it actually is going to change what you're talking about, Tony, and the fact that you're going to get the players from the big markets, the big names. They're going to, But this year, uh, somehow the cards fell right. And then I think as from a fan's voting perspective, mm-hmm. if you're a fan of Major League Baseball and you look at the starting rosters for both mm-hmm. the American and National League teams, mm-hmm. the fans actually got it right. They did. It doesn't, including... Minnesota podcast as we are, Jorge, Jorge Polanco, Polanco being yep. your starting shortstop, shortstop yep. for the American League. First for, time in four years. First time since uh, Roy, Smalley. Roy Smalley. But anyway, so Major League Baseball got it right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just saying there maybe there is hope that they MLS can get it right as well. I would, Clearly that didn't happen this year, but I would hope that hope. MLS would take a, a page out. I think NBA does this now. As NBA, it's a percentage. So... Mm-hmm. Percentage of fan votes, percentage of coaches, percentage of players. I like that, and that's it. And yep. I think MLS should do the exact same thing. I like thing. that because like that. you get all these guys in MLS who they're having shitty seasons, but they're starters in the All Star. Like Eddie Martinez, who's the exactly. starting goalkeeper? Did they get I think that? Right? It, no, well, or they didn't. Or say. at least the backup. Guzan was Guzan. the fan choice. Yeah, Romain should be a starter. On the West. He should be. He should be a star on the West. Yeah. He has had the best season. We're yeah. biased, but yeah, I mean, I you can absolutely make a case. Really, if, you're saying that MLS needs an electoral college yes. for the MLS. Well, yes. let's not get into politics We don't, we, we don't want the big Come markets. On. We don't need the big markets uh, deciding the starting roster of the MLS no, All-Star sorry. game, do we? I, I had an Here's, opportunity to see I know you did. I know you did. We're friends on Facebook. I see your politics stuff. I don't comment on it. But um, the thing is, like, when I look at the NBA and I go, okay, 50% of the, the, the vote is fans and then 25% right. is this. So that kind of evens things out. Right. So, yeah, you can have some guy from Chicago or, or New York who gets a ton of fan votes, but then it evens out between the coaches and the players. Right. See, so they're not a starter anymore. They are a second. They're on right. you know the bench. I love that. I want to send an email to the commissioner. The commissioner yeah. actually emailed me uh who did last year? Garber? Don Garber. He might. It might have been a mass email. I don't. Well, I think know. we all got the email. Remember that? It was we all got the email. We brought that up on yeah, a pod. That's why I just had to. But <laughs> I want to reply to that email and say, "Listen to our podcast, Tony. Yeah. You are absolutely correct. Yeah. I love that idea. I love yeah. the combination because you and get. You, I think there's a chance. You know, MLS and NBA have actually. Excuse me. Have actually kind of found similarities in mm-hmm. how they're doing things, and they should. I, I think 
you know, the NBA is coming back from disastrous popularity and they've really grown back up. And yeah. I think MLS needs to look at them and say, this is how we kind of need to yeah. grow. And I'll tell you why NBA is coming back is Adam Silver, the, the, um, the commissioner now. Adam Silver took over for the old commissioner and has changed everything in the NBA. He's started all these marketing things, and now they're uh, sports betting, okay? Right. But here's the cool thing about it. They said um, they are doing a it's, – it's a betting thing they do in England where they bet on horses. But the horses aren't live. It's a video a video game type of thing. Oh, I've done so it. The NBA, but they the do M- it in Australia and New yeah, Zealand But the as NBA well. is doing that now with games. So okay. there'll be a play in a game, and you'll be able to choose one of four options what happens in that play. And they'll show a clip, and then whatever happens, sure. you win money. So the NBA is already going to that point. MLS could do the exact same thing with scoring goals. They do the exact same thing. Sure. I mean, what, what Adam Silver has done with the NBA is took it into the 21st century. Right. And Don Garber would do the exact same thing. I don't want to get political, but the, uh, there's no owners in the NBA anymore, apparently. Well, oh, right, yeah, that's another that's thing. But we aren't yeah. real, yeah. we yeah. get there. But yeah. you're, but yeah. I agree. Yeah. You're, the NBA is 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 on the forefront of making changes, yeah. and and but they're doing that. They're a business. The mm-hmm. NBA, like the MLS, like any, mm-hmm. it's a business, and the NBA is on the forefront of making changes to increase their revenue. Yeah. Bottom line, and yeah, and the MLS could take a, pic, a page out could. of that book. And, and I know I say revenue, but what I really should mean and should say is popularity, yeah, because that's yeah. what you want as you were trying to grow yeah. the sport, right? Um, I will say this though about the all. I mean, we're talking about you know, do more Minnesota United players deserve to be in the MLS All Star Game? Mm-hmm. Maybe, Ike. maybe not. Ike. However. Do we really need our players in more games than they already <laughs> no, are? No, we don't. Uh, should we schedule another friendly? No, we shouldn't. Are you, you sure? Know, and I would like to go on friendlies. Let's, I'm not going let's, to. Because I, I, I say that, of yeah. course, because they announced in the past week that there's another friendly against a Liga MX team. Uh, Pachuca. Pachuca. Yeah. And this is the stupidest thing ever. And it, on our page, I went rogue. You did go rogue. And yeah. say that we need to all boycott the yeah. Pachuca match. And there was somebody who said, why? Yeah. Like, is that yeah. where... Um, uh, oh, brain freeze here. Uh, who did we lose recently? Player. Um, oh, Din. Well, Din Lottie got hurt. Yeah, Din Lottie's hurt, but uh, he. It was because his wife and. Um, oh, his girlfriend. Uh, Mario. Yeah. Yeah. Did he's he, playing for Pachuca? He yeah. is. So yeah. that's it's connection. It's just like when we had the friendly against Leon when Ibarra went to Leon. Yeah. So I mean, I from as a fan. I mean, I think that's kind of neat that, okay, right. they're organizing a friendly versus, you know, the team that right. Romario I, went yeah. to. But I just think we're going to be in the heat of playoff run, and there's absolutely there's no, no reason. But, to but be make no mistake, we're not going to see our top lineup in that friendly. We I shouldn't. Would, I would hope we see, like, nobody. Our U15 goalkeeper. Yeah. I mean, seriously. And, yeah. And we, and we might. And that, that's why I think it's a little bit overblown against, you know, the whole, whoa, 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 we don't need another game. Well, it's not another game, it's another friendly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean,. Sure. Again, we're talking about business and making money. I mean, you yeah. get another, you know, you get another, even if it's not a sellout crowd, but if it's 9,000, 7,000 people in that but, stadium. Mm-hmm. You have Romaine or Darwin or Ike or mm. Ozzy or Angelo pull up with a hamstring. Yeah. 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 It's going to be a It problem. all of a sudden becomes an issue about money. Does. Because what's going to happen? That's, that's a really good point because actually, you know who showed up on the injury list for the uh, FC Cincinnati match? 
was Dunlady, like you just mentioned, right, and Colin injured. Martin, both of whom were starters in the friendly versus yeah. Ford Madison. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, Abu left the Madison game at 26th minute because of a groin injury. Yeah. So, I mean, that's those are the things you have to think of. Yeah. And speaking of Madison, uh, you know, we were going to talk about Madison a little bit. We don't have enough time. Uh, because, shockingly, this is a really long podcast. Yeah. Uh, but uh should probably bring out the uh, change of form. They had been doing very poorly. Of course, when Dave and I go down there, they win. Of course, yeah. against yeah. SC Tucson, because he two petted one. the cow, two one, right? Yeah. We petted the cow. What's the cow's name? Is I it messy? It's, it's messy. It's there. Boo, there was boo, some. There was fan voting. Messy? Yeah, there was, there was fan was voting some, on Twitter. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. remember who actually. It's, a, won it's kind of a pop culture. Messy name. boo or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's something messy. Yeah, yeah. Um. And uh, she was quickly removed after we pet her. I told you she looked stressed out. She was and stressed. They, they took her out. Wow, um, too many people. And uh, then they went on to beat North Texas four one. North Texas was top in the league. Mm, nice. Um, so that's that's positive. Obviously. And that was also they, back in at home a home match yeah. against. And of course they lost to us two uh, one oh. in that friendly. I, mean, I think their last their most recent game was. Uh, a draw, but yeah, yeah, you know, the last two matches, you know, they were we were sitting when we were in Madison recording the last podcast, they were sitting at the bottom of the standings in US right. League One, and now they've jumped up a few spots and are yep. getting ever so close. And a uh, shout out to Rare Steakhouse for phenomenal food, yeah. Uh, what what did you have? I ended up just going classic, uh, filet mignon. I had the uh, it was the uh. I can't remember what it was called. I remember being jealous. It was, it was of what basically you had. New York Strip, but I can't remember it? what it was. They had a name for it. Okay, was it the Wisconsin Strip or something? Yeah, we we uh, also had wonderful wines paired with that. Yes. and uh, oh, I know we did, went all out. We I, should, yeah, we should give a shout out to our server who yes. most. Veronica? I'm sure she listens Veronica to Victoria something. Who? She knew her wine. She and, paired it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And you spotted her at the match. Yes, against FC Tucson. Yep. I think I I'm almost positive. I guess I'll backtrack a bit. Can't believe I missed this. Ninety-five percent sure. Yeah, I can't believe I missed this damn thing. But uh, no, we had a that, that we didn't talk about it on our Madison podcast for some reason. But yeah, the the night, the first night Friday that we spent in Madison was just amazing. We walked around the yep. Capitol building, saw a little bit of the city. Uh, just it, I find it shockingly surprising as much travel that I do, especially around the, with the whole Wisconsin area. Yeah, that was only my second stay, like overnight stay in Madison. It's a beautiful city. Like I yeah. can't wait to go back. I honestly can. Yeah, I haven't. That was I was telling you that was the first time I'd been there in like fifteen years. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to go there. Oh, we we'll have to. Maybe even this season. Let's not rule it out. <laughs> I'm serious. I might go back. And we went to a we went to another bar. What was that called? Oh, Cask and Ale. Cask and Ale. Yeah. Oh yeah, the one I was, was talking about. It was uh, Bourbon uh, Night. Yeah. And yeah. Or National, National Bourbon, bourbon, bourbon Day. Yeah. So I had to get bourbon. Yeah. I had. Some very good bourbon. I was talking about this last night, actually. How we, I was talking about specifically the menu at Cascanale, where it was like a book reading about. They had yeah. so many different whiskeys there. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I, it took me like ten minutes to pick a whiskey. It was yeah. crazy, and I don't even remember what I got. The That's, price, the price points. They went from what four dollars for an ounce to fourteen hundred or something like that. Yeah, really? the first the first whiskey that I had was. It was good. I want to say it was old Fitzgerald. Yeah, uh, might have been. 
God, I can't remember. It was thirty bucks for the glass. What's that one that's uh, 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 what's that one that you can never get? It's Perry something. Old Perry, I have to think of it. You'd love it. Happy Van Winkle. Happy Van Winkle. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They had none of that. They had none of that because it's impossible to get. Yeah. I know the um, Brick and Bourbon has it every once in a while. Yeah. Here in uh, in Maple Grove. So, so you guys was, had this was a great time. You guys had fun in and and we saw the three tire blowouts. Oh <laughs> yeah, I've got down. a good picture. Of we that we too. saw a semi like, blowout. Well, oh, we didn't nice. see the semi blowout. It we saw the slight, maybe thirty seconds after. Yeah. yeah. And then we're like, oh wow, there's a blowout. And then all of a sudden we saw an actual car pulling a trailer tire wow. blowout. We watched really? it blow up. Whoa. And we watched it start the tarp on fire. Mm. Yeah, it was pretty wild. There's the picture. Again, bad podcasting, but and for it, Tony, who, Lord, was, who wasn't there that to action, see it. Huh? Dave will send me the picture so I can put it on Instagram. Good Lord. Yeah. And then after that, yeah. what, 10 minutes later... We saw a vehicle on the side of the road with a blown out tire. Good. What the hell? And we were like, wow, that's there's the rule of threes. What's going on there? I was literally nervous as a passenger when we saw, especially that with when the the, the van with the trailer. Right. They yeah. were blown out because you couldn't pass. But yeah. we were stuck immediately behind and the person. It, I was like, getting nervous because I was waiting for that trailer to just flip go, over. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. And it, I mean the people were like slowing down but to try to get their attention. That was the problem. They kept going. They kept going. Yeah. They kept driving. And no they kept one driving. noticed it. And I'm like Ugh. I'm like, your tarp is Thank on fire. <laughs> I mean, so, they actually almost lost the entire trailer. So you guys had a good time, Madison. We did. I had a great time. Uh in emergency rooms, hospitals. And right. uh, hanging out at my in-laws' house, drinking beer while you guys were in the podcast. Well, we like we said on the podcast, we mi- we definitely missed you there. there there's it's no doubt life. about it's that. It's life, guys. It's yeah. life. Um, so let's get off of soccer a little bit. Let's talk some briefly about some stuff. Um, David, you brought up something about uh, cassettes. Yeah, so I'm a big vinyl vinyl collector, mm-hmm. uh, and it, anybody that's been inside inside my basement. Can see my vinyl collection mm, in the mm. back corner. I've seen it; it's impressive. Um, and, I'm looking at it now, and yes, it is impressive. Uh, and so I saw an an article on uh, on Facebook just last night about how vinyl and cassette sales, yeah, come back, have seen double digit growth since last yeah. year. And it, so obviously, I, I could talk about vinyl all day long, but. Um, you know, vinyls well, become very popular, but it was the cassettes mm-hmm. that completely shocked me because I was like, cassettes, I don't even, my neighbor Rick mm-hmm. has a boombox from like 1991 Ooh, the big that one? he listens to music on. Are you talking like the big one with the speakers? Uh, it's tool, it's the about, no, it's not that big. It's about 20, 24 inches, has does speakers it, on each side. Does he have dual, they have dual cassettes though? Uh, no, it's only got one. Oh. I, I actually I waved to Rick on my way into your house, and I think he was oh, disappointed you? that I didn't come over and talk uh, to him. He, so he if Rick was. listened to this. I'm sorry, Rick. Yeah. I'll talk to you he, soon. He probably was. Yeah. Uh, but that is the only mm-hmm. media or uh, only electronic format that I know of anywhere in the yeah that I know uh, of that plays cassettes. Uh, and so this article from uh, TheVerge.com says that. Um, cassettes do seem to be driven a little bit by uh, newer releases, which shocked me. No, why would? Um, why? I don't even own a cassette player. I don't either. Like, I, yeah, I don't even. I I can't believe that there's new releases of cassettes. And when you say double digit growth, do you mean from like 
four people buy cassettes to 14 people buy cassettes? Yeah, oh, that's, or, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, because that can be a little uh, bit so, deceiving. So, uh, 52% um, were uh, previous releases that people have purchased over. Uh, 32% were albums that were under a year old. Huh. Uh, then you're talking increases of... Well, I saw it earlier and now I lost it. Um, it was, I think it was... Nineteen percent. My only thought could be that there's uh, millennials. Sorry, fifteen percent. Millennials who've heard about cassettes, cassettes but they never seen them. Never seen them, and it's an old school type of thing. Sterling just dropped a beer in his own bar. That's fine. Um, it didn't hit the computer. <laughs> but that's all I can think of is like we have millennials who have never heard a cassette or seen a cassette. And now they're going, oh, it's cassettes. This is the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's funny. I, I was just ta- speaking of millennials. Now I'm I'm just outside the as we all are. Just or yes. David, I'm not sure you might be in that. David, I, I, I am. Depending on the the, the measurement, mm-hmm. you're on the bear. Well, Tony yeah. are safely at least a year out in the of X's. the millennial yeah, the range. But I was just talking to a millennial recently about uh, VHS tapes, and it just blew mm-hmm. my mind. I was talking to this person and. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, oh, yeah, I've, I've got this movie and that movie, mm-hmm. and I actually still watch it on VHS. I'm like, VHS? You have a VHS player? Yeah, like, it's the same lines as cassette yeah. players. I'm like, yeah. why do you own a VHS player? I'm like, well, to play the classics, to play this, play that. I'm but like, it's amazing to me. It's like, why would cassettes go? I understand records. Records have stood the test of time. They've gone up. They've gone down. They've gone up. They've gone down. They've gone back up again, right? I mean, Prince's new, Prince is new album, and Prince, rest in Rest in peace. Um, his new album came out on vinyl. Yeah, I get vinyl, but I yeah. don't. I, that's why this is this is interesting. I, I get vinyl, I get it, mm-hmm. but I don't get like the tape, literally like VHS or are, cassette. Tapes tape. are terrible. That's well, yeah, they're terrible. It is. Media. You don't. You, I mean, are we going to go back to the eight track? It's a it's a tape. It's the same thing. Like, well, so why don't we go way retro? Go back to the eight eight track. You want to you want to hear tell eight anyone about that? Yeah. Like, oh, that's the next thing. That'll you want to hear you want to hear eight track? Go to my dad's garage. Still got an eight track player with eight track tape. Nice. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember. You know, this is this can date me a little bit, but I remember. You know, when I was a little kid, going to my grandparents' house and going into their basement and saying, "Oh, what's this? A, mm-hmm. a Cat Stevens? My last name is Stevens, of course. Yeah. Oh. Cat Stevens eight track. Like, yeah. what is this? What yeah. is this? I had no idea what it is, but I was intrigued by it. And yeah, my funny. dad had an eight track. But it's it, the funny thing is, it's because I can understand vinyl. Vinyl's right. got a sound to it that everybody likes. Cassettes. I don't understand that at all. Mm-mm. Oh. It the sound is terrible. Yeah, and I mean it gets a little crinkle, and it's just like yeah. Blah. I had a uh, I had a cassette. I had many cassettes of old eighties hair bands, Motley Crue, you know, all that stuff. But I had uh, what was it? Uh, what was his name? Um, Tim McGraw. Okay. His uh, second album with Refried Beans and Indian Outlaw and. Okay. Uh, we went to uh, South Dakota. My parents took me and my brother out there. The whole ride out there and the whole ride back, I listened to Tim McGraw tape. By the time I got back, the Tim McGraw tape was pretty much you couldn't listen to it anymore. Sure. Because I'd listened to it so much. That doesn't happen with CDs. Right. doesn't happen with vinyl. I don't understand why you'd want to bring cassettes back. I don't know. They did it. And apparently it's doing rather well. Mm. Would you buy a cassette tape of uh, 
Your favorite punk band? No. Yeah, why would you? I mean, and I've seen people who are like, especially in the indie and the, the, mm-hmm. the punk scene, they'll go out and they'll try to find the mm-hmm. cassette versions mm-hmm. of the tape, you know, the albums from, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. All right. I would never do it. I got to cut this off because for the, there might be some fans of our podcast that are only listening to us just to hear about the zombie talk. <laughs> so I we don't we have to bring this up? I think you had a point. Okay, I mean it's literally very brief, which is good because we're coming so, to the end here. Shaun of the Dead, no yeah. great movie. My my favorite quote, mm-hmm. and it, this is this quote has made our podcast before. Uh, it's called the plan. So mm-hmm. he says we're going to do this, 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 this. Go mm-hmm. to the Winchester, Winchester and get yes. a pipe. Yeah. So if you direct your attention to right behind me, hanging mm-hmm. from the. Bar. Oh yeah, it's a Winchester. Winchester. Mm. Yes. So that was that was my addition. I've wanted to the whole the whole bar has been kind of a has been kind of a a Colorado ish type thing. And uh, the one thing that I've been wanting to do is add an old model Winchester lever action rifle. There you go. And so one of the reasons was because Sean did such a great film. And they talk about the Winchester, and the Winchester has a Winchester. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Uh, that's awesome. And so, that, that's that's the only zombie talk I had. So this would defend you against zombies, I suppose. You suppose a shot to the head? <laughs> yeah, that is funny. I mean, the only gun that I technically own is a twenty-two. You know, what would you call it? Action lever action lever mm-hmm. action rifle, and it's a Stevens classic that my grandfather gave me. Oh, there you so go. So it's the only right. It's the only gun that I own, but uh, yeah, that if I ever had a bar like this, I could see myself hanging that up just like you do now. Well, yeah, hopefully it, you'll, you know, you'll throw is... it up on Twitter, hopefully, yeah, so everybody can go. see it. But that looks great, yeah, especially it, with the collection of whiskeys and bourbons that you got. Mm-hmm. And and this is uh, I, I wanted it to be so it's it's an octagon barrel, which was so it's an eighteen seventy three. It was one mm-hmm. of the uh, I think it's the second or third model of Winchester rifle. Mm-hmm. And so it's an octagon barrel. That's what it was like back in 1873. Nice. Um, it's it's a 45, which technically didn't exist back then. But uh, back then it was 45, 44. Not that mm-hmm. anybody cares. Now it's a 45 long Colt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's. I just felt like the whole kind of Colorado theme, Western yeah. states yeah. type there thing. You go. That that was my thing, but. Of course, there was also the connection to zombies. The, the the film Shaun of the Dead and the Winchester. and zombies and yeah. with the lights still out here, we're I, still I, on I'm a really, power outage. Wow, I'm really um, shocked by this. Yeah, we uh, might need to use that uh, gun. Right, we, we the might only, find the ourselves. Gun, the only gun I own, guys, is a uh, light gun from Nintendo sy- uh, system from 1985. <laughs> well, that's a nice model. <laughs> it can shoot ducks. Yes, on uh, CRT TVs. Yes, that's right. I can't use it on my TVs right now, yeah. unfortunately. So, with that said, well, zombie you know, talk. We can talk up. about beer. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. we got, whoa, whoa, whoa. Before, yeah. I mean, I got something more important than oh. beer to talk about. Oh. I at least have to give props to the women's national team mm. in their World Cup pursuit mm. of backing up their um, uh, backing up their title four yes. years ago, uh, beating, knocking off France two to one uh, in a game that I did not watch live, but I watched uh, the replay mm-hmm. in full, and I have to say, I was thoroughly impressed. They they won the game two to one, but they were winning the game two zero. They scored early. They backed it up with another goal. Their play is they're on 
they're playing extremely well. And, and I they, think they core, play England next. But they, yeah. Yep, they do. And so. who is technically like France was fourth in the world as far as women's women's national teams going into the tournament. Yeah. I think England was actually higher. I think England was ranked higher. I think um, they were. Yeah, third maybe. So they, it's, they've looked very good though. I mean. I'd say. What's crazy people. about that match, though, is tickets for that match were going for like $11,000. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. That's, that's a good point. I wanted to bring that up, Watching the, re-watching the match uh, as it happened. There was a huge United mm-hmm. States uh, mm-hmm. representation in that stadium. It, it wasn't 50-50 or anything, but it was a significant number of USA fans in that stadium for that match. Well, I, you know, if I didn't have a wife and kids, mm-hmm. I'd be there. Really? I mean, fly to France? Well, why not? It's pretty cheap. Yeah. I mean, I'd do it. I uh, I haven't watched really any of the games. I, I guess, I don't know. I don't know why I haven't watched it. I, I, I'm excited for the women's well, team, I guess. I, you know, the, the games are at 2 o'clock on a, you know, yeah, a Friday or a Friday, Tuesday. Yeah. But the thing is, the great thing that you can do, you can use, you know, I'm not plugging Fox Sports, but you can yeah, you, you can so. hit their app up and watch it. Yeah. You know, watch yeah. the replay later yeah. that yeah. night. And Where are you? What's, what's up with that? I got a lot of stuff going on. But I am going to be watching England versus USA when in the this? semifinal on Tuesday. I think Tuesday. I, I, I can't give you the time, but I assume this is, it's going to come out before or after we... Post this pod, so another two o'clock. Uh, I'm game going to be watching the game. Yeah. I, for all intents and purposes, I think that's the the final in my mind. Uh, we talked about this a little bit prior, but because Germany got upset, Germany by Sweden, yeah. yeah so it's going to be Sweden or Netherlands versus the winner of England and USA. Yeah, so, I can't believe you brought up that Germany lost. I had to bring. I saw that Johnny was watching that game and I, yeah, didn't comment that he. I I, I wonder how I, he and Brady are doing. I left for I left for Eau Claire. Uh, I was watching the the Sweden Germany match, and Sweden had Germany was looking very strong. They looked like the team to beat. Sweden had tied it up one one before the before halftime, mm-hmm. and I had to hit the road. And it wasn't until hours later that I refreshed uh, ESPN yeah. app and saw that. Hmm. Sweden knocked off Germany, and that 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 was it. Wouldn't have been an upset if France had beaten the United States. No, sure, that was almost a coin flip, yeah. considering they're the host country. Mm-hmm. But for Sweden to knock off Germany, that was a significant upset. Right. So well, let's let's bring up, just quickly. Let's bring up something that I read uh, an article the other day. It said that um, United States women's soccer has actually brought world women's soccer up. Sure, they are the reason why women's soccer all over the world is now sure. further up because of women's soccer. Oh, I don't doubt that because the popularity of women's soccer in this country mm-hmm. has just blown up over. Well, yeah. I mean, you could go back well till nineteen ninety nine, but it's yeah. blown up in the last say ten yeah. years. It's just blown Without up. Yeah. yeah, and so that that just brings. I mean, you look at other countries looking at that. Mm-hmm. Where other countries, even European countries. They almost kind of looked down or laughed at women's soccer, which is surprising to me. And that's a fact. I mean, I'm not just saying that. That that was oh, the yeah, case. No, no. But I think it goes back to the fact that in the United States we've always had this uh, title, title 19, or whatever it is, the women's sports in college, right. yeah. and then they, we we have been, we have a major we have a major league women's hockey now. Yep. Uh, we have major league women's basketball now. I mean, we have all these things. So I think the United States going on the soccer thing is right. been great. Agreed. So, you guys, have anything else you want to talk about? Well, so I'm I'm drinking the Fulton Blackberry Belgian style. Oh yeah, how is that for you? And it's uh, good. Good. I mm-hmm. wish I wouldn't have spilled a half of it. 
quarter of it on yeah, the yeah. Um, bar. But, you know. So that came out of the uh, Fulton uh, Summer, I think it's Summer Jam Pack Volume 2. Nice. And so it was that and Lonely Blonde. And uh, then they also had the um, Hopstar, which I drank, which Hopstar I've had before. It's a session IPA, which is fantastic. You had uh, the uh, Fulton uh, India IPA. Yep. Which wouldn't necessarily be my first choice, the Sabro it's called, but uh, actually it was quite good. and It went down yeah, and maybe uh, a little too fast. Actually. Again, I, I appreciate these companies, especially metal companies, doing these value, or not value packs, but these variety packs. Right. Because then you can get something of everything without paying, you know, 18 bucks for a four pack of something. You can get everything you need. Exactly. Um, so and now, of course, I'm finishing up with uh, the uh, cherry coals from One Barrel, which is fantastic. So am I. So cheers, yeah, yeah. Shout out to One Barrel again yeah. from two weeks ago. Just brilliant hosts, and obviously they make fantastic beer as well. Yeah. And uh, so next week, next Sunday, we're going to be at a brewery in Northeast Minneapolis. Uh, haven't figured out which one it is yet, but we're going to have a special guest. Yeah. Uh... MNUFC commentator. Yeah, I've seen him on Twitter. I love following him on Twitter. Yeah, he's, I've uh, him yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah. pretty active, so he'll be with us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we're going to go through the 4th of July. We're going to get to the next So, yeah, podcast. next, uh, let's talk about the Loons again. Next match is Wednesday uh, against July 3rd against uh, San Jose at which, Allianz. Which we'll all be at. We are. We will Three all of us will be there. And I'll be back in the Wonderwall, so mm-hmm. expect absolutely no nothing commentary for me. Yeah, and that's followed up. Uh, the next match prior to our next podcast will be uh, the Minnesota United at Montreal on Saturday the 6th. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we got two two matches coming up, uh, and I hope that um, they win both. I hope I'll take this... I'll take I'll take one of one one of two. Well, I'm hope my hope is that this whole four points. Yeah, I'd ex- I'd hope a win against San Jose. I hope this Open Cup experience has right gone into the. League I could play. handle a draw in Montreal. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, here we go. We got San Jose at home at Allianz, where the Minnesota United have done tremendously well this year mm-hmm. at home, and uh, technically San Jose now is above them in the standings. So mm-hmm. I guess let's call it a big match. We'll right. see what happens. Can't wait match. to talk about it. Yeah, so. I want to uh, say thanks to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. I also want to say you can find us on the BGN network. That's bgn.fm. Uh, we're also on the Minnesota Podcast Network. That's M-I-N-N dot, uh, what is that? M-I-N-N dot com. Dot podcast dot com, I uh, think. And I, I also want to say we are on Twitter. Thanks to David Sterling. Uh, yes. Give us a yeah. like. Give us likes on Twitter because we need yes. more likes. We're on Facebook, Twitter. You don't Instagram. have to do anything else. Just give us a like on mm-hmm. Facebook or on Twitter. You know what? You can find us anywhere that's, that that uh, podcasts are found, pretty much. And for the yeah. record, I have do have to say, Tony, you are much better at doing that than I am. So there though you, go. you oh. kind of just kind of ruined that whole. What? Did I step on him? Is that what you're saying? Well, no, because he he forgot the podcast Minnesota Podcast Network. It's M I N N. 
what is it? M I N N dot no, I no, can't remember what it is. It's podcastminn.com. dot com. Yeah, it's podcast M I N. Sorry, my bad. They changed their name. Like, all right, that's it. I'm, yeah. I'm taking over this that role for the rest <laughs> of the season. So I apologize. You're doing the beginning, but I've been having a couple of drinks. So for myself, Tony, uh, for Dave and David, we'll talk to you in a week. All right, see you. thanks. July from the comfort of home and save on must-haves during Kohl's Friends and Family Sale. This Thursday through Sunday, take an extra 20% off festive tops for the family, patio furniture, and get 10% off outdoor toys. Plus, get Kohl's cash. Plus, limited contact store drive-up. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Offers valid June 25th through 28th. 20% off with promo code FAMILYSHOP. 10% off toys, offers, and coupons do not apply. Select styles. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details.